Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. Today on the Ether, part one of a three-part space, Will Lunk Explode Immediately? Hosted by Lunk Dow, formerly known as Lunk Dow, now known as Blossom Dow. Let's take a listen. We haven't even started yet, and I object to this title. Sorry. I think the crypto community is driving me to consider like joining the Church of Scientology. Hey, listen, if it fucking works for Tom Cruise, it'll work for me. I think they definitely need to be combined. It's like um, the way holding a token, even a very small amount of tokens, causes someone to be like it's just insanely loyal and insanely obsessed with their coin and insanely feel their identity is merged with the community and just obsessively check Twitter every day. Like we've spoken before, one of the interesting things is that um, the average Lunk investor has so little money. I think on average with my note, they have around $100, something in that region, 100, maybe 200. Um, but despite that, they are obsessively on social media. <laughs> like it's this weird phenomena. So you can put that on steroids if you turn it into a true cult or a true religion added to the financial aspect. Like imagine both multiplied in a beautiful way. That would be unstoppable. Yeah, it's like... There's like cult token and a few of these things, but uh, the thing is like, there's something inorganic about that, right? Like it's weird, like yep. religion and cults, they're in one way manufactured and highly organized, but on the other hand, there's sort of like a genuineness to them. Like the true believers are truly true believers as opposed mm -hmm. to necessarily like some kind of like mega grift or something, right? Because only the true believers really like persist long-term, right? It's one thing to run a grift for like a few weeks or a month or six months or a year. Uh, it's a whole nother thing to have like commit a lifetime to like, you know, building a cult. So yeah, I don't know, maybe like maybe the Scientology people have it right. It's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like you want a cult that works without the token and then you want to add a token to it. <laughs> right. Exactly. To call it, to have a token first validation. Makes, yeah makes everyone think like, you know, it's like you're in it for the money or something. You, you could see a token as like an accelerator on what would be validated anyway, something like that. I was considering as well, like how would I turn Lunk into a cult that genuinely helps people? And I think one way is you could have a validator where instead of burning Lunk, they put it to helping homeless people or something like that. And they just go out on the streets with um, videos feeding people and stuff. And it's like, feed more homeless people if you want to stake with me. And you could have some kind yeah, of there was, a, there was a guy on Twitter Spaces about six months ago who pitched that exact idea to me, and he's like, "I want to save the world. I want to like create a some kind of like dapper blockchain to do exactly what you're talking about, proof of service and videotape things and all this other shit." Mm. And I was like, "I don't know, man. Sounds like a grift to me. I don't know how you're going to convince everyone else that that's what you're really going to do with the money." <laughs> Whatever. 
Yeah. It's kind of interesting though, like just as a pure validator marketing thing. Like we're doing stuff within crypto. We don't have to. We can do it outside of crypto as well. Like impact. Yeah, it's so hard to like, it's sort of, it's hard to prove like you did something in real life. Um, yeah, maybe just constant videos every day or something would be enough. I'm going to make like little AI videos of like, uh, you know, a man that's not myself doing all sorts of service activities. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's next too. That so is that nice. may not be enough. I don't know. <laughs> oh, hello everyone. Hey friend. Hi. Oh, actually I had a, one question. And uh, do we have any news about the USDC? USDC or UST? In, yeah, USD. Classic, yeah. No. But you're welcome to ask any other questions. Like, it doesn't have to be crypto stuff. It can be life stuff or dating stuff or spiritual stuff. Anything. No, okay. Just, I just wonder about the, and then, uh, real quick. What yeah, that? like Mehmet, how many how many girlfriends are you juggling right now, for example? <laughs> okay, okay, right. His wife heard that and told him to get off that space. Yeah, throwing a flip flop at his head. Yeah, feel free to to come speak if you have. Uh, mm, if you want to be very boring, then you'll have to go though. So Bruce, Bruce, like what I'm just tired of all the people and their drama, right? Like it seems like uh all of you people want to bring drama to the fucking blockchain. You you just want to like like create um I don't know, make everyone like there's these people out there that want to make everybody afraid that something bad's gonna happen. Exactly. I think it's just like too much drama. And you know what? Like that type of drama, that negativity is what brought Luna UST down in the first place, right? Yep, that's it. That's what caused the banks. That's the reason. Yes, that's it. Like, I, I don't think there's been a single day that I've come on Twitter and I haven't seen drama. I'm just sick of drama personally. I think that we have all this potential. We have all these smart people, but they can't stop making drama, and I'm sick of it. And I want to say that Lunk Dow is going to be the no drama validator. So stake with us if you hate drama. Okay, all right. I just it, it was a simple question. Lunkdao is now the no drama validator. It's uh, we're officially positioning ourselves like this. It's like there's the black and the white pieces fighting each other, or two sides of the army, and we are the peacemakers. We're the ones who stay above and say, you know, we don't need to fight. We can all come together and achieve forward progress. This fighting gets us nowhere. That that's who we are. We're the ones who make the speech above the battlefield. Yeah, but I th I thought you were using some of the like validator commissions to. Um build up an arsenal of small arms uh, just in case a revolution occurred, just in case a violent uh, violence was attempted against the Luna Classic community, you would protect everybody. Is this, so this is no longer the case. That was, that was yesterday. And given the, the topic has changed today, so has our marketing perspective. So you're just being nimble, basically, right? Like, I, think, I think what any validator needs to do is they need to watch what's happening with the network flows on social media. Look, look what the commotion's about. Look what the, like, for instance, now, uh, hating Jacob is a good one. Like, Jacob is an asshole. How dare he come into our chain? Like, th that should be your marketing move. Like, that's how to win the approval of the masses. That's how to get them all on board. Be the most hateful of Jacob. Like, we need to get this fucking guy out of the chain. Write a proposal. Take away his salary. Take away his job sue him, contact the police in the local area in Vietnam, wherever he lives. 
Like, ma take massive action against him. That is the way to get stakers. Yeah, we like we all need a scapegoat, right? We have someone to hate on. It's it's a good way to make coin price go up, I think. Yeah, and, and by the way, he's a druggie, and he stole a truck, and he's a criminal. Oh, uh, fluff. Um, like, have you haven't been using too many drugs or anything lately? Have you? I've been using so many. <laughs> Okay, so why'd you do that? I don't know. Like, what, why did you do that, Mister Jesus fucking Christ! Listen, Fluff. You know the thing is, if you're if you're a programmer on the Luna Classic blockchain, like you are, right? You're a famous coder that like fixes shit. And they say women in crypto don't exist. She's right here. She's right like in front of yeah. us. And she is doing drugs while fucking coding the blockchain. Like, explain yeah. yourself. I mean, you know. If you take like sixteen to twenty Benadryls, then you sort of you don't have to think about it. You just do it, and when you do it, you just wake up the next day and everything's done. And it's really good. Um. So yeah, sixteen to twenty Benadryls is all you need in life. Sefi, what do you use as a performance enhancer when you're doing surgery when or you're whatever? Having sex. Benadryl. <laughs> you're gonna use Benadryl. I think that makes, puts most people to sleep. Like. Yeah, but if you take enough of it, it makes you not sleepy. Oh, like like an anticholinergic effect. It'll just make you like crazy. Yeah. And you start doing your coding or whatever. Yeah, you see people. What do all the um, like the junior doctors and the residents and whoever? What do they take? Are they on Adderall and shit? Like, what do they do for all nighters? They take modafinil, or have you noticed any activity? Is it like under the radar, but you suspect something is going on? No, no, no. Any idiot can be a doctor. You don't need to do all that stupid shit. Like, you just have to have a little, maybe a little coffee here and there. Maybe eat a nice breakfast, like a little oatmeal or something like that, and then head off to work, right? Mm, but, but like, there have been a lot of studies now with, with stuff like Ivy League, um, Ivy League universities or colleges in the USA, that something in the region of 65% of people are taking something on a regular basis. As in, so you think, I, you think I should start? You think I would be better? I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. that the people you work with might be on shit, and certainly in their their medical education that is more academic, they'll be on a lots of stuff. Nah, the people I teach look sleepy and they're kind of stupid. I don't think they know anything. I don't think they're taking anything in all seriousness. Sophie, what um, drugs do you think is is on? Like when he's like sat there right now, he's probably like staring at the wall tweaking this dog underneath his legs or whatever, sat on his sofa. Well, ears, half the what time drug? ears is on the run from the, the authorities. He's like in different countries and shit. I don't like, I don't know what he's doing lately. Uh, he, he abuses pain meds. Yeah, so maybe. I, I don't know. Like, what do you get in the Eurozone or whatever? Like, I, I don't know. Like... I mean, not so many opiates. You can get some like dissociative drugs, probably a bit easier. Um, but is he? He knows how to. He's got connections, so he can probably get whatever. I, you know, like some people, like you know what they do, like ears. Guys like ears. I've I've known guys like this before. Like his mindset, his mentality reminds me of people who are abusing eardrops. Like you know those drops that you put in your ear to loosen up the little wax or something like that. I think he's been drinking that shit. Like the way he's been behaving lately. Mm, yeah. Sippy, Sippy, hey, listen, listen. I'm hiding under the floor. Ears, ears. What's wrong with your house? What's wrong with your voice, man? I'm whispering. I'm whispering. Oh. I'm hiding under the floorboards in Jacob Dickian's house. 
and I'm going to jump out. I'm going to grab him and I'm going to take him away. He'll never come anywhere near Lunk ever again. That's what you're doing. What? You're doing what with gay dick? Like, what? I didn't hear the rest of that. Like, he said Jacob Gedikian. Um, he's under Jacob Gedikian's house, under his floorboards, and he's going to break through and fuck him up. I'm going to fuck him, get him. I'm going to get him. Jesus, this doesn't sound good. I don't think you should do that, man. Like, I can't advocate for this type of violence on the behalf of the Tao, you know? I think we should go around and, and try and cultivate a stronger sense of hate. Like, maybe let's go around and say what we hate about Jacob. Um, is what do you hate about Jacob? I just, I just hate the way he talks, man. I just fucking hate his voice. It's so nasal. I just want to get a spade, smack him right in the face with it, front on, the full, like, the full spade. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to make his face completely flat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I hate the way he barges into our blockchain. He wasn't here for May. He wasn't here for the crash. He wasn't here during the revival. He didn't start the burn. He had no participation at all. He didn't get staking online. He turned up right at the last minute and tries to tell us what to do after being, we've been working our asses off every day for free in spaces, building projects and everything. He comes here and tells us what to do. How dare he? How dare he have the arrogance to tell us what to do? You're nobody. Get the hell out of our blockchain. Jesus Christ, I hate him more already. Just the, the level of entitlement to come here onto our blockchain and tell us what to do. What a pig. Something I hate about Jacob Gardikian um, <laughs> is the way that he unfortunately got his ex-wife pregnant and then pushed her down the stairs um, because he didn't want a baby. And obviously he kicked that one under the rug. But he's always been a piece of shit. He's always been a slime ball. He did that once and he'll do it again. And he's done it to Lunk now. Lunk is the pregnant, you know, girlfriend that he's now pushed down the stairs. Simple as. There's just no space for this, you know? You know, when you said you know just at the end there, you sounded like you raw. I've got a cold. Oh, All right. You know? Don't need to be you know. you know? You know? Why'd you do that? Weird. That was me baiting you to come up, you raw, by the way. I'm trying to do the bully tactic. Demon monkey. Are you present? Yeah, what's up, bro? How, how, why do you hate Jacob? Why do I hate him? I don't hate him. I don't know the guy. We were hoping that we could all be hateful together tonight and just like kind of unite against this, this common enemy of Jacob and then be stronger together. Do you remember when Terror Rebels committed that um, theft and everyone in the community was united against them? And there was this period of like a week or two of just absolute solidity and hope and union and stuff like that and do you remember the the ronald reagan quote of you know he thinks that earth is probably going to be divided and in constant fight unless we have some kind of alien threat to unite against i think it's the same i think there are these periodic controversies with various characters and various groups that come up and right now it's essential that we try and cultivate and, and grow the hate against jacob so we get even more united whatever works for the cause right does anyone know anything about hydroponics? I know it's like a meme. But... Do you mean the the water vibration stuff? Remind me what you mean. Uh, no, like uh, growing oh. growing plants in water, basically. No, but I, I would just go for Miracle Grow or something. <laughs> okay. All right. 
get some fucking chemicals. Yeah, I mean, you, you can do that. I was just reading this, like, a, the first people who did it properly. It was just some rocky island in the middle of the Pacific where they needed to um, refuel planes and they couldn't get fresh vegetables there. So they were just, like, figured out hydroponics and how to grow their plants in just water. Um, so they could have, like, cucumber in their salad and sandwiches. It's funny. What have you guys all been doing with your life the last few weeks? I haven't spoken to you in ages. Oh, we've just been in here. Been sitting in here. Been debating. <laughs> We've been talking about luck. There's never, there's never enough to talk about. We've um, just been talking about luck. It's like what's happening on the luck blockchain. Who do we hate in luck? Who do we like in luck? Uh, you know, luck spaces for morale. Lung spaces to talk about how we hate Doquan, you know, like like this. I don't know. It's like we never run out of things to talk about. It's just what we do. It's who we are. Uh, as long as you're having fun, I think that's the most important thing. Um, no, you hate it. We're trying to solve problems. That's what we're doing here. We're we're solving important problems, and we're getting them out of the way to ensure a future utopia for all of us. That's awesome. Wow. They they made some hydroponic plants that have like like they genetically engineered them to have like little pharmaceuticals in their roots. Oh and why are we being punished? Because of fucking Turkish community? What? <laughs> what? Can you repeat that? Yeah, we didn't hear. What's going on? <laughs> okay guys I'm gonna get Jacob Gedickian now I'm gonna fucking grab him right now so I'm gonna leave the space I'm gonna fucking grab him so wish me luck what happened to you, you have you got some kind of illness or something oh, no I just have to be quiet I just have to be quiet are you lying in bed with your wife <laughs> whispering in the space no <laughs> Why are you embarrassed? You're usually very loud. Is it? A, I'm not, it's not that. What is it? Then? Uh, Explain yourself, man. Like we don't like right, the listen, elephant in the room. Listen, okay. I'm I'm in a hut in in like a in the north of France. It's like a like a, a getaway kind of hut thing, like in the forest. Yeah, it's all one room. So yeah, I am in the same room as my wife, and she's like sleeping. So I need to be quiet. What? She's usually up late, no? I thought you had like the same sleep schedule. No, not even remotely true. That's com that's completely false. So she wakes up earlier than you, and you you waste hours of the day abandoning her sleep. I'm a terrible husband. This is like when I was on a romantic getaway in the Lake District on Twitter Space. <coughs> dark times. Yeah, it's a dark time. But it's fine if they're asleep. Have you ever considered this, just going for a walk and getting some fresh air for the first time in your life? You sordid no, inside a hermit. It's like minus fucking three out there. All right, hang Dude, on. Let me just get my shoes on. Good. Bit of cold, a bit of thermogenesis will strengthen your immune system and fight away those bugs. All right, hang on. Give me a minute. Like, think about this. What would David Goggins do? What would Wim Hof do? Certainly not lurk in a, in a heated environment crouching like a little rat on his face doing a muted voice he'd get out in the cold 
I think it's important to wear scarves and warm coats also. But that's just my humble opinion. Do you think we could convince... I think we could. I think. Do you think we could convince ears to climb up some kind of mountain tonight and like not be able to get back and die? I think so. Just I think it's not too far. Pressure. Hello, King Wabi. What's up, Coach? What's going on, Sefi? Coach, we we just about um, Atlas Stones. Mike, it's really weird you've just come now because we're just talking about how Sefi loaded a 200 kilogram Atlas stone to seven foot height today and how Wabby would be really proud of him. I, I really would have, man. He that, that would be called the atom bomb, you know, and um, I know you were you were asking uh, zero X ears. What would David Goggins do? But I think the appropriate the appropriate um, question would be what would Big Tell do? You know, your your hero. So when he comes, can you, this is a lung space, Wabby. So maybe can you introduce who Big Tell is and his achievements, his acumen? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So Big Tell, his name is Terry Hollins. And uh, he's a strong man from, uh, from Great Britain. And um, he's currently a bodybuilder. He's in his uh, early 40s, mid 40s, around there. Uh, he's made the world's strongest man finals um, about ten times, and um, that's pretty much that's pretty much the basics. He hasn't really done anything too wild outside of uh, you know, he 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 got he got eighth place. Um, I remember in the Arnold Classic in uh, 2011, 2012. Um, of course he, he did win the Britain strongest man and English strongest man a few times. And, uh, he won silver and, uh, Europe's strongest man, but, um, yeah, he's been competing for almost, uh, 20 years. So, you know, he's, um, <laughs> he's called big tell, uh, because of, uh, how good he is in the truck pole. So that's kind of um, where the name where the name comes from. He usually excels in that event in the truck pull, and uh, he's uh, just under six foot seven, um, and uh, his peak weight was about two hundred kilograms. So that's a little on his uh, accomplishments. If you want to know exactly, um, you know his ranking is in the world's strongest man. Uh, he qualified in 2005, but didn't make the final. In 2006, he made seventh. 2007, he made third. 2008, he made tenth. And then up until 2014. You've been Googling in the background, haven't you? That is a little bit. Low. Yes, I have. I have. It's, 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 it's a glossary, really, but <laughs> I'll be well, transparent. Well, like I was... I was hoping you'd tell a story about the man's life. You just reeled off a lot of If you're not first, you're last. Yeah, yeah, Ricky Bobby. But as far as his personal life, I think um I think you coach. You would be um a, a better a better suitor, man, to be honest. You'd be a way better suitor. This is a, a lunk space, Webby. I don't know why you're talking about this stuff. It has it's of no interest at all to anyone here. 
and it's upsetting me brought it up. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So let me ask you a question. How can I contribute to the Lunk community? How can King Wabi contribute to the Lunk community? Wabi, do you uh, own one Lunk yet? You should. Why don't you tell everyone, Wabi, why they should sell all of their Lunk and buy Lunar instead? That, I, I don't know, man. I'm not able to tell people um, what they should sell and then, and then, and then buy on a, on a public space. But um, I like some of the developments in Luna V2, though. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty big fan of that. Um, but as far as Lunk goes, um, yeah, I'm not really too knowledgeable um, on what's going on in that ecosystem, unfortunately. So let's say you had, um, you, so you're running this ten million dollar investment firm, and you need to like bet it all on black or whatever, and you go to Luna Classic and you find out that um, certain validators, uh, a group of them, are all stuck on one uh, like centralized validator provider called All Nodes, all of which coming out of one IP address, and they have forty percent of the network. Um, are you ready to dive in? with your hedge fund. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how to answer that. I'm not too uh, knowledgeable in uh, like, like, are you, are you talking about like, like buying long tokens and setting up your own validator yeah. and all that stuff? No, like if you, would you, would you be willing to buy a whole bunch of Lunk as an investor? If you knew that, uh, like forty percent of all of the uh, validators were in the same place, the the same company, forty percent of the voting power. I mean, the the. I I, yeah. I mean I I I I don't see that as 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 something to either buy or sell because some like there there are some other chains as well that like a lot of their validators they carry a lot of weight within that ecosystem so. It wouldn't really be like a buying or, or selling point, to be honest. Like, again, like I wish I can give uh, a definite answer. I'm just not knowledgeable um, in that retrospect as far as like... You're being very evasive and political tonight, Wabby. Is it because of your new employment status? You're less willing to be controversial? Co <laughs> Coach? Uh... I mean, just as a general reflection, like he used to be this this irreverent guy who'd come in spaces, he was flamboyant, he'd say anything he liked, he'd say like these loud opinions Whoa. and really back up. And now it's like this weird kind of political sheep. Everything has changed. You've become this safe guy and we're all kind of horrified by it because he used to be cool. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look here, bro. Okay. Um, not sure what you mean, coach, but... Uh... Yeah, so sometimes, sometimes, Coach, uh, I just got to tell it how it is. And as far as, like, validators and all that stuff, um, it wouldn't really be a buy or a sell. But as far as, like, the Lung token, I mean, everyone's free to, to do what they want. Uh, I'm a fan of the community. I, 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 I love Terra. It's, uh, like, that and Cosmos are, like, my home base. So, um, 
you, of course, you can't keep up with every project within the ecosystem, but I try. I try. Um, Sefi was on uh, was on my show yesterday, so we talked some shop, and it was pretty cool. I, I just got to get you on, Coach. We got to get uh, Coach Bruce on. I think that 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 would be that would be fun. What What would you? Is it like an interview or what, or is it just a talk? It's well, it, it could it could be both, man. Um, it could be both. It it would just be like like I guess the best way to explain it would be like just to ask Sefi and ask like how his experience was. Um, no, because I think Sefi would go along with what you want to do, <laughs> but I I would impose what I want to do on you. Okay, 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 coach. All right, all right. Right. Well, well, when I when I feature you, Coach, you can roam. The only problem with this buddy is he won't know what he wants until he gets there. I see. It's not like he's going to tell you ahead of time and announce yeah. it. That's the thing. Yeah. That's yeah. you have to be prepared with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it would kind of be like walking into a theme park and going into like a carnival house, and you, you don't know what you expect. You just have to, you just have to keep walking through the maze. It'll be yeah, the. It'll be the episode with the most views, but the one you are most tempted to delete. Oh, <laughs> gosh. This sounds about right to me. Uh, mm, well, I guess uh, I guess we'll wait and see, man. Um, so when is the, uh, the Lunk Talent Show? The thing I'm noticing tonight, Wabby, is you've not come here with a clear agenda. Um, I thought you would. I thought you'd come and show your show or like show Luna or something. There's no decisive masculine energy happening. It's kind of just like a, a vague haze where we're not really getting anywhere. We're talking about Terry Hollins in a vague way, like reeling off his stats and stuff. Like, come on, just show something. Like show a, a project or whatever? Yeah, like get us to buy something, man. Oh, um, well, thing thing is, like, I've practically sold almost uh, everything a couple of days ago, except um, my sacred make it stack uh, for Luna. Um, so that's my make it stack. You already know what the number is. It's still the same make it stack. It's something that I refuse to touch. I'm not going to touch it at all. What do you think the Make It Stack is? Because it used to be a thousand. So, uh, what do you think the Make It Stack now, Sefi? Maybe ten thousand? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that. That's the that that's the original for me. Um, Probably a good start. Yeah, because like like I accumulated most of uh, like the original Luna. Um, at around a dollar and I just I started averaging from like 30 cents and then once like the whole like galaxy digital stuff came about uh in December and then like mirror protocol uh launched and um did that like airdrop or whatever that's uh like when I just said you know <laughs> time to go balls in balls deep right so I, th I still think it's kind of the same thing and I like what they're gonna do um hopefully some more information comes out over the next couple of quarters as far as what they're going to do um so. bruce are you going to go uh, balls deep into dope one sorry what 
<laughs> Are you intending to go balls deep into Doak One? I'm fairly deep already, but yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's a good bet. And I keep hearing from people as well. Like I keep hearing from the projects who have spoken to Doquan and obviously friends and stuff. And they all say he's really figured it out. And Alliance is going to be massively viral and is deeply helpful to the projects they're working on and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know everything. I haven't been in those conversations, but it seems like everyone who's had an encounter with him in the wild has become extremely excited. So you're thinking I should double up how much I have from before? Just go mm. crazy. I think you basically did double up with your prism sale and then your airdrop. Yeah, well, that's I'm saying, I'm saying adding capital bag. now, like right, I'm getting a lot more now. Well, I mean, I don't know how much you have. Um, did did you buy some of the thing I told you about? Oh, not yet. No, I was kind of like. I have it uh, open on a uh, like system on my computer, so like I'm gonna watch that chart. And if it if it has mm. a nice, day, I'll probably get some more. Check my um, the the Telegram message I just sent you. <laughs> okay, all right. Just keep buying lunk, Seffy. Be a lunk well, Seffy. Call yourself Doctor Lunk. How have you been, Zara? I've been great, thank you. Um... Oh, and yeah. need to sleep, but not guys. I have Goodbye. to leave. Okay. Well. Good night. Yeah. Would anyone like to make a point of some kind? Maybe like a, a recent insight you had in your life that you'd like to share with us all. I was going to suggest um, a minute ago, if you could all give me an insight into your Pardon? life by telling me the coolest thing you've seen lately and describing it in a really cool way. Just an idea. Safi? Ooh, I, I don't know about that. I, I did finally get uh, my tickets arranged to come to France for the summer. Oh, that's so cool. Like, I think it's going to be like almost three weeks. That should be fun. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I hear the French like you to speak French while you're there. Oh, yeah, French um, people are so rude. They're, they're really rude, and they hate Americans. But it's okay because it doesn't matter. That's yeah. just part of their identity. I figure um, I'll just I'll, I'll go to their own their country and call them racist or something. But I'm yeah. not going to learn French and go there, right? They better have some signs in English or some shit, or we're in trouble. They don't. But you'll figure it out. It's cool. Oh, okay. Um, right. Well, and where are you going, Sophie? Uh like end of May. Into the first few no. weeks of June. Where? Yeah. Where? Oh, like trying to do the whole, like roam the whole country, sort of. Like that's why it's like almost three weeks to kind of start in Paris. Yeah, Southern you know, France. Paris city. sucks. Paris fucking sucks. No, I think it's dirty. It's smelly. Where, do, where would you spend most of your time, guys? Should I go like hang out in Monaco and Riviera mostly? Like, do you think like it's worth headed, like doing a circle around the whole country? Like, what, what do you think? I mean, I think three weeks is a nice amount of time. I think you should spend a few days in Paris, not that long, just a few, see some museums and stuff, and then go down south. I don't know if you're driving or trains or what, but there's like the high-speed rail, and you can go down to the ocean, swim in the Mediterranean, maybe go to even um, like the Pyrenees side of things. And I don't know, just go around all the way around the country. Don't limit yourself. I think you'd have a great time. I think you should make your friendship with Xerox is a reality in the flesh 
and spend three weeks with him as a, a couple's holiday with him and his wife and, uh, and, and just book a cabin together and impose yourself on each other and force your wives to get on. Yeah, if they don't get along, they, they cannot remain our wives. Is that what you're saying? I think so. I think it would be an interesting experiment. Mm. Coach, it is how to go. Coach, I have a question for you. Okay. Coach, how can I bring value to the Terra ecosystem? I think what you're doing now is nice, Wabby, with the I think it's good to take the things you like to do anyway, the most effortless things, the things you would do in your spare time without applying too much force or willpower and find ways of channeling them in a helpful way. I think you would like doing things like maybe interviewing projects that are upcoming or um, hosting some kind of weekly lunar radio station kind of thing. Um, Something that isn't like totally informal, that isn't like anime spaces or whatever you've done in the past, but is like a Friday event. And maybe you have uh, a project on for the first half and then just a chat for the next half or something. I think something like that would be cool. Yeah, I think the the social side of. But wait a minute, we haven't heard about Dragon Ball Z in a while. <laughs> yeah, like, I do think we need an update on the so, state of Dragon Ball so, Z. Uh, so I, I can tell you something other than that. Um, as far as like Cosmos and stuff, like I hosted a uh, Neutron on um on my spaces, and also <clears throat> um, Rebecca Liao, she's a CEO of Saga XYZ. And I'll also be hosting uh, Quicksilver. I, I hate her. Oh, she's awesome. Uh, and uh, I'll be hosting um, Quicksilver uh, sometime next week. And then uh, GMX as well. And Ave and Gala Games. And uh, Aztec and Nilia Network. So I've got a few projects under the belt. Um, but I'm trying to do something like weekly for for cosmos some sort of like endorsement or or partnership um so if anyone like knows any project that like needs funding or whatever or needs like help with marketing or whatever um i have i have zero issue using uh my employer's platform to host you guys and also from uh from a writing standpoint if anyone here like likes to write and um they would like their work to be <clears throat> to be uh, posted on a website with a pretty large community, feel free to do so. So, yeah, I just uh, wanted to say that. Uh, hopefully it brings about uh, value to uh, both Terra and Cosmos. And if anyone knows any like Terra projects that uh, need funding, <clears throat> let me know. Uh, I can uh, help out with that. Um, we're able to use how's your weight how's your weight right now webby you sound like you're full of food yeah i i ate uh i ate a steak quesadilla and uh and a hamburger so how many pounds i weigh 330 pounds you sound like you're kind of in a permanent state of half sleep sometimes and it's and it's like you've you've eaten a lot and then you've come on a space and we can hear the way your digestion system is still <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I guess. 
I guess. What's the goal? Though? Like, what are you doing with the weight stuff? Are you just uh, it's 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 bulking to infinite. No, no, it's it, it's it's a hobby, man. I have fun with it. I have fun with it. Really, uh, it's fun putting on my my music and blasting the gym speakers uh, with my music. Um, it, it, no, I know that. Yeah. But like, what's your? Are you are you trying to get as strong as possible? Yeah. And therefore, gain endless weight, or do you have like a weight class goal, like three hundred five or two seventy five or something? Um, as far as the weight class goes, not really. Uh, I, I just like pushing my body to the absolute extreme limit. Um, so yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll probably see some like weightlifting videos. I'll be, I'll be doxing, um, pretty soon. Um, it's sort of a requirement if you're going to do a fund, right? So a public fund at that. So when Wabi coin? Um, I am never releasing any token or or um or anything that is used as a as a vehicle of speculation. So, yeah, Bruce, I I I I did notice that uh, you commented on a on a project that uh, I found out about earlier today. It's a Terra project. It's a uh, Dex. Mm, which one? Dexter, Dexter, Dexter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a good look, but it looks it looks good. Yeah. I saw. Um, I skimmed it and I saw, uh, you know, LSD wars, and and I saw flywheel, and I was like, hmm, everyone likes a flywheel, so obviously I retweeted it, and then it seems like they've been working with Lord Doquan a little bit as well, because Lord Doquan mentioned in one of his um, proposals that this could be built and then it was basically built starting at the same time. So he's either, he's probably had to work with them in, in some capacity, I'd guess. So therefore I'm quite excited. Jesus, why, why is Ryan giving the thumbs down? He's like, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. I'm saying these things to bait Ryan to come up because Ryan is a negative person, but he refuses to confront me in real conversation. Ah, uh, I see. I see. I see. It's also possibly like a competitor, maybe to Ryan's Astroport bags, which could be a reason for that thumbs down. Maybe I think R- Ryan has been quite hateful the race already. Ryan has been smug and hateful to everyone because Ryan, like, although the rest of us were affected by the crash, Ryan came away from prison with millions of dollars and he's felt like smug and judging of us ever since. Ryan reminds me of Stewie from Family Guy because he's so young and small. He's like really, really small. You can hold him when he's in your hands and he's tiny. And yet he is so intelligent. He's like Stewie. Do you like the way I got him to come up? Like he didn't want to. So I just told some story about him. <laughs> he had to come up. I no, I, I was thumbs down him because you explicitly told me that we weren't allowed to say that the new. Dexter protocol was uh, linked to Doquan. Yeah, but, but these rules don't these rules don't apply to me, Ryan, because everyone takes you at your word all the time. They assume that everything you say is true, but everyone always thinks I'm joking. So therefore, I can say anything. I can say the deepest truths, and nobody will believe it. Like I can tell you what to invest in. By the way, invest in um, Suzu's latest project, and nobody would even believe that is a true thing. They would just pass it by immediately. Okay, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I shall uh, refrain from uh, thumbs down in from now on. Or, or... 
Are any of you guys going to be going to any conferences this year? Uh, uh, is there any reason for conferences other than like a last ditch attempt to find a romantic mate of like some nerdy girl or something? Like, does anything actually happen at those places other than maybe pickpockets target them for like um, nerds who are rich but really clumsy and unspatially aware? Um, is there a reason to go besides um, finding a potential mate? Is that what you're saying? Like, you know, when you've, you've, looked around in life you've gone for walks you haven't met a girl you've looked on the dating apps you haven't met a girl you've i don't know maybe been on twitter for a bit and you still haven't met a girl and you're like shit i need to find some some kind of niche girl who's in the same domain who's kind of nerdy or whatever that's when you go to a conference surely it's it's like that's the last ditch attempt uh fluff why do you go to the conferences do you go pick up a man there or no, no. I um I was just thinking about like optimizing and streamlining streamlining so improvements um to make the conferences proper like mating pits. So I was thinking about like always making sure that crypto conferences are slightly below ground level like a basement room or conference hall or just like just a bit under the ground so there isn't much light if any apart from artificial and like making it so there's like there's always a smell of like faint chicken like someone ate chicken there like the day before like greasy chicken and i was just thinking what are things that would make crypto nerds sort so of if, freak uh, out how many benadryls have you taken today none, none. Yeah. i i saw benadryls being made though today Safi, at the factory it was crazy they like what? they have robot arms and stuff it's cool Mm. yeah like it sounds like you're on drugs i'm not i'm not i've got a cold so no i took an aspirin earlier um, you've been you've been hitting that bottle like direct no. you're only a couple of teaspoons of that shit dude like if I'm you're taking <laughs> out like, like if you're using like a small like cup or a shot glass or something that's too much you know what mm. i mean like you do sound like a little druggy no, I'm just lying down. I'm sick and diseased. I'm just thinking about like crypto mating pits, but I guess no one wants to hear me speak my truth. That's fine. No, I, yeah, I don't know. I, a mating pit? Yeah. Is that like a little place that you go at the crypto conferences and you're going to design like a thing where just, like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go there. I would just design it and then watch it happen. But, okay. you know, you could turn off the lights and lock the doors and eventually, like, you know, something would happen. Yeah, that sounds absolutely insane. Uh, we should do that next time. It probably beats the ridiculous, um, like, dances and things that happen at the usual crypto conferences. A bunch of nerds, like, you know what I mean? Aren't crypto conferences basically just a bunch of nerdy guys and then like three e prostitutes? Like, yeah. that's I've never seen a picture that suggests anything otherwise than that. Yeah, it's, that. <laughs> it's like there, there's there's maybe one woman, but she's really a man. Not not in terms of like um, transgender or something, but like just her whole being is is like a man. Um, it, she lives and breathes code and development or whatever. There's nothing I don't know. There's nothing feminine. Um, and then you have women who are like hired to introduce guests and stuff. 
who are kind of like the ring girls in boxing or MMA or whatever. But yeah, like there's no, there are no females in crypto in general. If there's a female in crypto, that's not a female. Sefi, if um, if Terra didn't die and there was that Terra DApp Expo that was uh, that was going to be hosted by Orbital Command, oh, that you, was that Austin thing, right? Would you, would, yeah, would you have, would you have gone to that? Mm, yeah, but I think uh, you you probably wouldn't know it was me though. I would have a voice changer. Yeah, you would have to have a voice changer, or you'll quit. Yeah, like we talked about this a little bit. Like you know, they have a they have masks um, with like like you can have like an Optimus Prime head. You're aware of the Transformers. Uh, You've seen like Darth Vader things like this, right? It'll change your voice. I figured if I show up with one of those, no one would know it was me, right? That is pretty. That was that was my plan until this, you know, like up until more recently this last year i had a whole idea going there of how i was going to make it there right but it didn't happen i'm sorry hopefully there'll be another time where you feel compelled to go to a crypto conference yeah like once the bags are pumping right it's more enjoyable so you have to have these Mm -hmm. conferences for sure at the very top of the bull market where it's all down from there right uh so it's max euphoria is necessary these things right everyone's drinking they're having fun their bags are going up like you know you have your e-girls you have your crypto e-girls all that shit's going on right like that's that's the right time to have a conference not at the bottom at the bear market where everyone's like depressed and crying and you know whatever right the crying can happen afterwards but for the immediate like conference or whatever you're designing right like the luna classic conference is going to be basically like this massive rave there's going to be headliners there like Dead Mouse and this and that. Um, maybe some of these new acts like, you know, Fred again and whoever. And um, the, yeah, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. But like, you got to make sure you're having fun over there. Uh, Ryan, are you looking for an e-girl yourself? Is that, is that in the cards for you? No, no, I'm a, I'm a happily married man, Steffi. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. Um, so you, the conference is what for you then? You taking your woman to this conference? I, I'm not going to any conferences. Um, I, I was just interested if you were, if you were, mm-hmm. if you would have gone to that that particular conference because there was oh just that one thing. yeah yeah there was a lot of, okay. there was a lot of hype for for that one right? Had we not all died like a, a month earlier? That's the weirdest thing to have a massive like show and event set up and then have to not do it because the shit hits the fan. That's weirdly weird, isn't it? <laughs> they managed to pivot it to some sort. There was like an osmosis conference um, mm. that ended up happening. Ryan Lyon, what's the most beautiful thing you've seen in the last week? The most beautiful thing that I've seen in the last week was my daughter, my 18-month-old daughter earlier, telling my wife that she loved her. That was beautiful. That's so cute. That's lovely. Did you meet your wife at a, as an e-girl at a, one of these conferences, though? <laughs> Is there a story there? Uh, <laughs> like I, I this, this baby was not born at a conference in the throes of love, was she? No, I think I met my wife before e-girls existed. 
Oh, okay, thank God. Wait, how old are yeah. you? Before egos existed. When did when did the egos come into existence? Like two thousand six. Mm, I think we met around about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, something like that. How old are you? I always thought you were like just freshly eighteen. Yeah, I am. So you announced on. You were six. Is she also six? Or is she a bit older? She's 53. Now, in some families in the UK, my understanding is like there's arranged marriages. You get married at like five. Like, there's interesting numbers like that. I don't think people are aware of this. This is like pretty typical royal family shit. Right? Okay. Am I right? Careful. We'll get AI banned this space. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, never mind. Thanks for presuming that I might be part of the royal family, though, Sefi. Hold on, hold on. Everyone shut up. Look who's back. Hamilton Chong. Welcome, Hamilton. Hello, everybody. Wait. Hope everybody is well. Hamilton. Ooh. How you doing? We're, we're wondering where you've been. So, like, all this, all this turmoil has been caused by your absence. <laughs> so I got some good news. I literally got my casino license. I finished my casino platform. So I'm about to literally enter the Web3 world for the first time. Not traditional fintech. Yeah, I'm excited. And I got a quick question since there's so many people in this group, right? Um, I'm thinking just hypothetically of creating an NFT fractional ownership of the whole thing. You think that's a good idea? Creating a thousand NFT owners basically for literally the whole platform. What do you think of that? Yeah, that could be cool. That is what's trendy. Or do you think, I, I just don't know anything regardless, you know, of, of the NFT space, if it's a good idea, I just understand using it as a tokenomic factor. Or do you think keep it private, right? What, obviously private makes more money, but do you think it will be like better to make it like fully owned by like the Web3 community? Well, if they're, if they're owning it, what decisions can they take? Because usually something like that they would steer it in some way so i was basically thinking giving 80 percent back to the owners and retaining 20 percent for myself and all the decisions would be made basically by a DAO. so what i mean what kind of decisions would they make though like changing what's... the commissions of the house edge you know bonuses you you know literally the, the full operation yeah could be cool. Giveaways and stuff like that. And it's over 25 games, blackjack, roulette, and everything. And it's licensed, which is pretty cool, right? Um, Where are you going to launch, by the way? You talked about Lunk last time. You're still thinking that or something else. I or don't what? know. So I, I literally built out every token so it can basically accept everything. Solana, Lunk, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Polygon, whatever. Even privatized tokens. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to launch this tonight. I'm really literally contemplating writing an NFT contract right now and just putting it up and see who buys gets lucky to be part owner, right? Or do you think I should actually just keep it private? I don't know. Uh, I'm like, I'm on jitters, basically. I, I've got the bug, right? <laughs> Trying to figure out what the hell to do. You could maybe do this. Uh, you can maybe do something similar, but instead of like having them make the decisions, do like a profit split. That's what I was thinking hypothetically first, right? It's just basically doing it 80-20 and maintain the platform. Yeah, I've seen a few, there's been like a few projects knocking around that have done similar 
similar things with NFTs where, yeah, NFT and t- the, the, the percentage of the profits are split between the NFT holders, um, which makes the, the the NFT market like for that NFT like quite interesting. So hypothetically, let's say you've got a group of, I don't know how many people in your, maybe a hundred or something. If I had to do it at one ETH, is that a good price? Is it a bad price? Like what, what is the market r- right now? Mm, I don't know. It depends. Like, do you want a few people that have kind of a large piece of the pie, or would you rather have a lot of people with a small piece? I was thinking of setting it at basically a thousand token, a thousand NFTs, and then maximum ten tokens per holder. Well, you can't do like a maximum because like anyone can make a second wallet or something like that, right? Not. Not to say that's not a good problem to have, but like, uh, I don't think it matters like trying to limit it or something like that. I think it's uh, just you know, if someone wants to buy like all of you know the thing, like make it open, right? Let let, let the public decide, basically. Yeah, let people decide. There's no need to like overthink it. Okay, I, I yeah. guess I'm doing it. I will launch literally in what's the time now? Seven o'clock by twelve p.m. I'm gonna post this shit online, and whoever buys it gets lucky. <laughs> Thanks for the help. I appreciate it, guys. Okay. All right, but there's no like advertising or something. No, like, everything like, organic. Once again, I'm just such a straight up person. I don't want to put hype around it, all that bullshit. I just want the public to make a decision themselves, right? They want to buy it or they don't. I think if you put a thousand random NFTs up for sale for one ETH without any like information or any track record, you're probably not going to sell any, would be my guess. So is, is the suggestion basically create marketing around it? Isn't that fake though? Someone no. has to do this, right? Because it like, having, exactly. yeah. I believe in you, Hamilton. I don't believe in people like uh, Ryan. Ryan is here to tell you what you can't do and you, you have done it and you're doing it. And you realize that the best marketing in the world, the reason that Tesla and these other companies succeeded is because they made a product so good that people just started speaking about it. Word of mouth is the ultimate marketing and the ultimate product design is something that, that is so good as an experience that people naturally tell each other. In fact, doing any kind of marketing at all as a budgeted thing is a sign of failure. It's a sign of product failure. So you have the right approach, Hamilton. Don't listen to these hateful people. Thanks for that. It's like the Web3 debit card. Yeah, that shit is on fire. People are using it every single day. So you're right. And I didn't spend a dollar on marketing. And literally, there are thousands of wallets that connected and use it literally every day to live, pay their rent, buy food. You know, my my, my uh, Web3 debit card works at 90 million locations all over the world. So yeah, and I didn't spend a dollar on marketing. <laughs> it's true what you're saying, actually. Um... Swag. What did everyone have um, to dinner? Does anybody else here want to become sort of owner of this uh, part casino thing that Hamilton's doing? I'll have a look. I reckon you should launch on Luna, though, uh, Hamilton. That could be fun. There's nothing like that on Luna yet. There's a casino on Lunk. Don't thumbs down me. There's already a casino on Lunk. We need our own. <laughs> no, launch it on Luna Classic, man. We already listen to this guy. The thing is, Bruce thumbs down everybody, but he's the one that's most triggered when he gets thumbed down. Yeah, but this is inappropriate thumbs down. And when I do it, it's always appropriate. Oh. No, we already have the the Terra C Vita casino. But Um, it's not on Lunk. It's on a different chain. And is it regulated? Is it licensed? Or is it just an illegal gambling website? 
God knows. Okay, so that's problem one. If already people don't know straight off the bat that, hey, this is a regulated platform, it's proverbially fair. Um, yeah, okay, so I've got a good opportunity then. I think I'm going to do that. Well, why don't you, why don't you, um, have you heard of me talking about the merge and stuff like that? Why don't you launch on both Luna and Lunk at a similar time and, uh, and see which one does better? That could be fun. And you can unite the communities that way. What's your suggestion? Not launching every token? People from Ethereum, Polygon, Solana, Phantom, Tron. Like, I literally made it possible to deposit and withdraw uh, in every chain. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like blockchain specific? It's just No, a, not at all. It's, it's, it. it's, it's cross-chain basically, and it's all proverbially fair on the chain. So you can see the hash between previous game and the next card. So there's no cheating mechanism. It's basically a house edge takes a commission, and that's how it works. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but where is it running, man? On which chain are the contracts? On, on all. So it, 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 it basically generates a hash and a seed of every single game and every transaction that occurs. And it depends on which currency, obviously, you came in with. And just, yeah, it's just like a basic, basic, basic thing. So it can't be said to be like a, a community casino or something. It can if I, if I basically just turn off everything else and brand it LunkDAO. It could be tomorrow LunkDAO Casino. Do you get it? Like, it's literally just got to do with branding and then turning on and off, like certain features and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I've just wanted to do this for such a long time. I've been so focused on my traditional, you know, startup well, that, that's doing pretty well. But I'm itching that I finished this too, like literally just turn it on. I got I the license things, today, bro. <laughs> I think things might do better if you plug them into a community of some kind. If, if you make it seem like, you know, I built this project for, for Luna or Lunk or whatever. And well, you, you like you this license it, thing, you got it from what, South Africa or something or what? Oh, I did it where the majority of the world does basically Costa Rica. Oh, no shit. That's what they do. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, literally after doing all my analysis and research, like uh, Costa Rica is the most lenient way for traditionally online gaming, um, which is kind of remarkable. There's over like 426 registered there. So it was also quite a cool learning factor. It's basically like a gray market, if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, I don't gamble at all, so I don't like, I'm, not your, I'm not the target gambler audience, but I get it. Yeah, me as well, Sifi, but that was the whole point of this. Remember when I originally spoke about the idea was, yo, crypto is gambling. It's speculative. You might as well create something where it's truly actually freaking, you know, it's speculative and you can actually use it, right? Real gambling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <sure. laughs> And that was the whole premise. Because remember, we had remember when we just just met, we had all these people. I lost money here. I did money here. And like, guys, did you do your fucking homework? Like, do you even know what you're doing? And they all thought they were investors. And then I had to clear the room and like, yo, guys, shut the fuck up. It's yeah, gambling. what you're saying is like, if you just go to roulette, right, and you just bet on black or something, uh, then it's a lot less time consuming. You lose all your money at one time, or double it at one time and you're done right like it's like you don't need to sit on twitter spaces and fuck around and all that sort of stuff basically right it's the same <laughs> thing there's no difference look at ftx let's just bring that up i know it's like the the shitty thing to talk about but who would predict that next day that whole company would shut down right and the token are like 12 dollars, and you get the point even though i did predict it a month and a, i think it was two and a half months before it happened and i even wrote a la weekly article on that um it's just funny enough nobody listened to me <laughs> LA Weekly, what, you talk to these people on a regular basis or what? 
It was just basically a, a release. Like I was warning the public, um, you know, just getting a little bit of press release out there regarding, you know, the fiat blockchain and just wallet and what we've done in the Web3 space. And after doing some analysis between actually, you know, the transactions, I was like, yo, this shit does not add up. The math is not right. And I'm like, yo, all these chains are being hacked, rug pulled and, and, and wormed hold even by the founders. And yeah, nobody fucking listened, bro. So I feel sorry for the people who didn't actually take my advice. Yeah, even much. wormhole got wormholed. Yep. So this whole industry is <laughs> fucked. The bro. name was, uh, I don't know if the name works. Uh, it's like a, a black hole where your money goes from like one place of the, in the universe and other places. It's just not, it's not the side of the universe you're on, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, I'm just so happy that I finished this thing because, yeah, it was like a side project, but it's turned out to be damn awesome. The user experience and everything is pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, and I saw you guys open the space. So like, oh, whoa, my friends are there. I might as well get their opinion before I go and just launch it. You know, do it as an NFT, let the public buy it, be partners um, or not, you know. So I appreciate the advice today. Yep, the token design and everything is really a matter of like what you want it to do and like what you're trying to achieve. You like the thing about it is like the more users you have that on the token, you basically have your own little shill cartel, right? Cause people want their number to go up. So they form their own little community. They create a thing and they, they talk about the casino or whatever. So that's kind of like a little advertising cartel in a sense. No, that's why I wanted to do it in that so, method is like basically let the community run it. And I would cash out now, right? I would sell, let's call it a thousand or a hundred NFTs. I don't know how much I'm going to do, but you, you get the point. That would be my cash out. And then the rest of the profit essentially the majority, even 90%, I would give it to the token holder. Um, you know, I would be rewarded for all my work and all my coding and, and all the work that I've done. And let everybody else make the money, right? If you've got a community of 500 people or 5,000 followers, you might as well, hey, you're part owner, you get it? Let them do the work themselves. You need to burn lung. That's, that's good marketing. I think Bruce also does it. I didn't hear that. Could you repeat that? that? <laughs> you should uh, burn Luna Classic as a marketing thing for your casino and then brand it as the Luna Classic Burn Casino. Just like Bruce is running his validator. I could do that. That's not a problem. I don't mind if, once again, I, I'll, it, it will all basically come down to, right, what makes more sense and what, like, as owners, I don't know how many people are in this group. I'm just thinking hypotheticals. Let's say there's 100 people and 100 people bought it. Would you guys want to burn away tokens or would you want to keep profit, right? That's a decision I would want. You should uh, you should look at the Binance Lunk hashtag in on Twitter. The Lunk community is big and insane, and they love burn. So that might work for you. I don't know if you want many users or something, or many yeah, free cool. shillers. Yeah, plugins, plug into the plug into the Lunk community and um, give them the project, and it will probably do really well. Okay. It's much harder otherwise. There are infinite casinos, but like here you have um, a blockchain where everyone is begging for some kind of focus or vision or some central project to launch. Yeah, okay. I really love the idea of plugging into Lunk. And, um, you know, if the whole community is excited about the project, they'll all want to use the project. And, you know, lo lotteries historically have often sat alongside countries that give licenses and then like half of the revenue goes back to the state right so these crypto networks that are trying to fund public goods i mean 
if half of the revenues went to buying and burning lunk or went to the community pool to fund public goods. Um, yeah, I bet the whole community then would become energized and would want to want to use the 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 uh, you know. Bruce, how long does the community energy usually last? Like a few months? Though, no, isn't that the issue? I'm I missed that stuff. You said again. How long does like so you get you create a little crypto community? You have a little project to DAP or whatever. How long does the enthusiasm last? Right, like before people get bored and they're not willing to like talk about it anymore, things like that. They go on with mm, doing. I guess this is okay if, if there are good games and things. People do play consistently. If there, are, if like, if you have a constant emission of staking rewards and you don't know what to do with them, and you have nothing to do with them right now except maybe some shitty NFTs or something, um, you you will put them into a casino of some kind, and you'll probably have fun and, and do whatever. Yeah, I could see that. So I got a quick question. Does is UNC maybe my shot to actually do the NFT with all UNC? Yeah, you could do it. You could do it on um, NFT marketplace. You know, I'm thinking maybe just like yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who do have Luna or Luna C, and yeah, you're right. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, like if it was me, I would start with community. And there's the interesting thing here with the Luna Classic community, whereby there are lots of users and lots of people staked who are earning staking rewards constantly. And yet at the same time, there's not many builders on the chain and the projects that do come up get massive love because it's like, oh, we finally have a vision. We finally have people building here. We finally have people doing things like, and, and, and they're active anyway. They're all like, look at these, this space. I can open a space and 200 people instantly join. Um, there are people on social media all of the time. They want to focus. They want fun things to do. I would plug into something like this and then I think you'll be much more successful for it. I appreciate the advice. Do you have do you have a plug in with maybe a community leader or something that I should speak to? If you can DM me like their details or something, that would be helpful. How far are you along, Hamilton, with the UI UX? Can you can you? It's finished. The whole the whole platform's done. I literally just need to basically push. You should just share it, man. Just share it in a tweet and tag Lunk community and the hashtag, and people will freak out. Yeah, just D or DM me, um, Hamilton, to have a look. You know, I'm the big daddy here. Okay. Okay, I'll definitely do that. So give me like an hour or two. Let me make sure I put up all the firewalls and get it to production stage, and that's it. But it's literally done. Like, everything works. Very cool. My idea was to sell it because, you know, my, my literally my fintech has taken off and it's doing pretty well, and you get the point, and... The whole point was to basically let the community control it, right? Because um, I believe those are the types of projects that that succeed long time when it's literally controlled by the mass majority, not just the centralized institution itself. Mm. But maybe no, we like centralization, man. We like dictatorship and centralization, what? and people tell us what to do. Easier than just creating a community out of thin air is, is finding an existing one that needs it. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm definitely going to message you after this. Um, yeah, I think we've got to chat. Because I want to launch this thing tonight. No jokes. I've, I've got to get it out there. I've wasted the last freaking three months, morning, night. Just, yeah. <laughs> just make sure I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. We love you. Me too. You guys are awesome. Thanks. I appreciate the support you guys always give me already. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, man. It's absolutely awesome.
Miss a Better Future. Uh, hello, long time no speak. I have a question for you, which is how did you manage to get yourself involved with the Cosmos Mafia and become like the leader of their grants program? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, there was some conversation in some of the different um, spaces and telegram chats. I think there was a lot of frustration with the um, kind of community processes and the difficulties going through public governance around some, some of the previous proposals in the community over the past six months or so. And yeah, just chatting with different people and, and um, some different ideas and different thoughts around how to maybe get something moving in a more productive manner. Um, it was Yusef Aramani's initiative initially, and he asked me if I'd be willing to help him co-lead it. So yeah, that's the, the story of how it came together. I'm rooting for you. Um, seems like a pretty good salary to uh, to to get involved. What percentage chance do you think that it's got of passing as it stands? I think probably quite a high percentage chance. So far, the community reaction has been positive. Um, we tried to size the salaries. Y Yusuf and I will be full time, so it's you know uh, hundred percent of our FTE for the next nine months. And then the other members are all part-time at varying levels, depending on their, their role. So we really tried to tailor the roles relative to the work that's that's needed. And yeah, we tried to size salaries for kind of public service at 65 to 80% of kind of market rates. Um, so yeah, that was the thinking behind, behind it. Do you think that you might like to invest in Hamilton's casino? You know, I'd love to see the UI UX. It sounds really cool. I remember when Eric Voorhees launched um, Satoshi Dice and, uh, you know, gambling, crypto, speculators, degens. Um, yeah. Sorry, Bruce, check your DM. I just sent you something. It's, 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 it's all a big family of, of, of people that like to, you know, bet and, and speculate. So I, I think. So there's everything. I, I, Put it to this way, send it to Bruce. Let's see what he says on the UI and everything. And then he won't share it as of yet. I asked him not to. Um, and then let him tell you what he thinks, if you, if you guys don't mind. I would, would love to learn more, Hamilton. Um, and I, I, my question about, you know, aligning it um, either with Long to Burn or, or, you know, with a community fund to, you know, have half of the proceeds, say, go to funding public goods. I mean, yeah, that's how lotteries have worked well. Uh, it's a serious suggestion, and I think um, there would be real interest in aligning a lottery or gambling with kind of the funding of public goods. And probably, I think, you know, substantial community support could grow out of that if, if that alignment could, could happen and, you know, could become successful. I, I'd have to see more in terms of the actual game itself. Your mic's worked. You're covering your microphone with your fat fingers. I, I apologize. I said you would tell us if it's if it looks good, if it you know, or it should. Tell me what you think. No, it, look, it looks good, Hamilton. I, I'm just, um, but I'm on just the homepage looking around, and I'm uh, I, I, I'm on my phone, so I can't connect or anything right now. But yeah, it looks good for what it is. 
I'll give it a proper go when you get it up. Amazing. Appreciate that. Yeah, I spent like three months doing it and it's finally finished, man. It's pretty cool. So, um, better, I will definitely send you a message as well. Um, give me about an hour and a half to get it like online fully. And yeah, tell me what you think. Um, I wanted to be controlled by the community. Like that's the most important thing for me. Yeah, look forward to checking it out. By the way, anyone uh, who wants to speak, feel free to come up and, and request to speak or whatever. This is an open forum for anyone to share their innermost thoughts and feelings. It, it'd be fun to hear from Ryan Lyon, the latest on the Kajira Senate process. Congrats, sir, on the senator appointment. Um, that last basis we did maybe three three weeks ago, four weeks ago, was the last kind of I heard about the process. So yeah, how, how did it finish up? It'd be fun to hear a recap. Sure. Um, so I think there were like something like 25 candidates in the end. Um, they all got put up for governance proposal and the, uh, the, the, the stakers and the validators voted on who they wanted to compose the Senate. I was pretty pleased with the support I got. I got something like 85% of the or well, 87% of the stakers or validators voted and uh, I think it 85% yes that was nice and there's another eight people that got voted in as well and I guess we were just like trying to um trying to uh, get get our heads together in terms of like uh, what the scope is um because whilst like the initiative was pretty good and I think like the general view is to like manage the grants proposal for, for Kajira and take some weight off the team. Um, I don't think it's been particularly well defined like uh, like how <clears throat> how how we're going to interact uh, with with projects and things. So we're just sort of getting together. We've got a kickoff call tomorrow um, and probably try and put some framework around it and I don't know if that will need to go to to governance again or not, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun to be like back involved in a crypto project again. It's been sort of probably six months or so since I've been uh, out of the game and left left Prism. So yeah, looking forward to uh, getting involved. If you need an admin for your uh, for your uh, Cosmos Cosmos Grants program, do let me know. Well, we should def definitely keep uh, keep a dialogue. Yeah, it's, it sounds like we'll be doing similar things um, adjacent to one another. Um, there, there's still a need for the Cosmos grant program for a community um, kind of a transparency report writer. It's the last of the positions that we want to staff to um, kind of fill in the roster before before the the. Uh, the, yeah, the project would go live. I mean, there's obviously a community vote process. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, definitely check out the, the proposal. What about cybersecurity? Is there any cybersecurity jobs? I would love to try to hack you guys. Not, not part of the, uh, the, the, the Cosmos grant program that we're working on. I don't, I don't know, maybe Ryan Lyon has a, a uh, cybersecurity role as part of the Kajira one. Not currently in scope, but uh, I would welcome you to uh, to, to to try and hack uh, IBC. Mm. There's always these bug bounties as well. Like I saw the other day, Mars Protocol has some kind of bug bounty um, for a good percentage of the tokens. I don't know. Have a look around the cosmos. There are bounties.
definitely will. I've I've done quite a few, um, yeah, that I've won. So yeah, I'll definitely check out. Uh, what was the best bounty that you that you won? Um, mostly across crypto that you've done bounty hunting or Web two stuff? Uh, Web three. So that's actually what my background is. I'm a certified crypto and blockchain investigator, by the way. Um, basically, getting acclimation from helping high intelligence agencies that was probably the best reward. Financially, none, right? But um, just the acclimation of what I've what I've managed to achieve, I think that was the most rewarding thing as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of like bug bounties knocking around in Web3. Um, there's a guy who works with quite closely with Terra, a guy called Vinny, who started off doing bug bounties, like found some found some fun uh, bugs with with Anchor Protocol, for example. I think he took over their their website at some point uh, and and could have caused all kinds of havoc. And then now he's carved out a niche for himself in in crypto auditing and is absolutely raking it in. So um, so yeah, lots of opportunities out there. I think he got he recently got a five hundred and fifty thousand lunar uh, grant uh, from the community pool to basically continue his white hat uh, white hat hacking uh, behavior across all the terror products. Yeah, the security space is just so underserved. I I was chatting with some of the the um, the team members at Pantera a few days ago and. They, they help all their portfolio companies with kind of a short list of all the different Web3 audit companies. They've got six or seven audit companies, and they give the portfolio companies a 10% discount through their, their, you know, their relationships. But I, I guess it's like a year backlog for like the top six or seven Web3 audit companies. Um, like it's a really long wait list. So clearly there's, there's an opportunity there. Yeah, I wish I was a skilled person because uh, there's a lot of money to be made in crypto auditing right now. As you say, like backlogs are crazy, and like they're looking at like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, like minimum per like audit engagement. Yeah, somehow Pantera had negotiated for all their portfolio companies like a way to jump the queue or somehow get less of a less than the normal backlog and the discount. Like I don't, I don't know how they've done that, but they they. Um, are, are trying to help create an advantage for their portfolio companies by um, offering audit service, which was was interesting. It's a dangerous game to play, though, because if you uh, if you become a de- if you become a J- Jacob of this world and communicate your findings uh, in a <laughs> in a particular way, you're going to upset a lot of people. Yeah, it's a it's a very um, it needs to be done with diplomacy, doesn't it? Do you think there is still diplomacy in the Web three space, or do you think everybody's just after everybody? Well, these communities are pretty um, tight, you know, and I think there's money involved in terms of the token value associated with the community. And everyone wants to be safe and secure, but also, you know, there's um, you know, there's money involved. So, and even like escalation protocols, like how, how, how does a bug that you find get reported? Like who hears first? Like how does it work through kind of escalation? Yeah, I, I think these communities are learning, but 
the uh, yeah. Sometimes it's diplomatic and it, nobody hears about it. Um, sometimes it's it's kind of loud and 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 um, you, you know the, the whole community hears about it. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I think the I think the average retail user though, uh, and maybe like the average retail influencer on YouTube or whatever the hell, like these are not people that understand these nuances particularly well. So the thing is, like, um, you know, on the one hand, like people say, well, we don't like Schillers and things, but on the other hand, really, like most people do. They want their Schillers to pump their bags, and the thing is, like, you know, like if you have negative stuff about your chain or some problem. Um, those exact shillers are a not, they're not going to care one way or the other. That's not like their thing. And then, um, simultaneously, like anything negative doesn't really make for particularly great headlines. Um, and there's not that much incentive to like fix it. Um, especially when a lot of the retail users, like, you know, they'll stake their assets onto some validator. Um, they don't necessarily participate in voting or whatever they disappear. And um, the reality is like people get voter fatigue and other problems where they don't care. And um, so like, I don't know whose responsibility is it to kind of make sure that validators are doing a good job and there's not problems that are gonna emerge. Basically, there's no really great benefit to like fudding a chain. So what ends up happening is like the, uh, the soon as you say something, in a public space, people say, well, why are you bringing up this, this up in public? Tell someone, in, like whisper it in someone's ear, like all nodes or whoever. But the problem is that may not solve anything, um, you know? So like there's no situation where the communication like will ever work out particularly well. Like I think people like intelligence agencies, like an MI6 or a CIA, people like this deal with this sort of shit all the time. Like if they say something, it creates one set of problems. If they don't say something, it creates another set of problems. And like there, there's not like a definite strategic team to go talking to, like a war room when it comes to crypto. Like there's not like, you know, so there's some things that like, there's a reason why it's called the Central Intelligence Agency. It's like, you, like there's a reason why those groups have to report back to somebody to take that information and make decisions based on it at some level, right? And the problem in crypto is you don't have that. So it's like, if you do it in a decentralized way, people are pissed because you're fighting their bags. If you do it in a centralized way, then they're pissed because you're centralized. There's no really winning it. I don't know what, like... Why do you think I built the CIB, you know? So I agree with a thousand percent what you're saying. And that's why we built that analytical tool, you know, for all Web3 companies, exchanges, financial institutions. Um, funny enough, before... Um, the United States actually launched their crypto investigation unit. I, I'm sure you know, already know this. I built the world's first crypto investigation bureau, right? So it's just kind of 100% accurate what you're saying. There was no centralized place. This is why we still have so much traffic, you know, going to the CIB so forth. Because once again, you don't know who to report to. And, and yeah, man. So I'm, I'm happy. I've covered every niche possible in the space, right? Gaming, security, and banking. So yeah. I think I'm a pretty clever entrepreneur. <laughs> so, uh, whose bags are we going to fed next, uh, Blunkdown? Mm, I'm not sure. And do you take a short position first and then fud the bags, or do you just fud it um, so you can buy lower? Like, which which one are you doing? Mm, I'm not sure. We've got some interesting people in here. Have you noticed? Jared from TFL is here. Uh, who else is here? 
Cyprian Spickett's here. The famous nomad bridge hacker Zurex is here. I saw Ed Kim pop in. Yeah, as Ed well. was here. But- popped, popped his head in. Yeah. I was thinking the 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 Jacob thing reminds me a lot of like the reaction from the community in a way reminds me a lot of um, how like OG terror people used to react to like people promoting the bank run theory for UST. <clears throat> I listened to that um that voice note you left earlier, Bruce, with the the different profiles of how like people react and like you could probably like layer that exactly over like how people used to react to people saying there'd be a bank run on, on UST. Oh yeah, like it's this weird I don't know, like it's yeah, their their whole brains are warped by what is convenient to understand. <laughs> and um it, yeah, it's weird. It's it's very strange. They get very angry as well. Very angry at someone like Jacob. Like I was in a space, I popped in and out of various spaces, and there was one space going on where they were they were talking for two hours about how rude Jacob is and how, how dare he come to the blockchain and and you know, this is our like this it's almost as if they were describing him like some kind of huge Mm, arrogant guy who's bashed down the house of a nice family home and like peed all over the floor everywhere it's like i was listening to it i was like that's like strange these people legitimately cannot separate ideas and facts from person on any level yeah he's kind of like the the freddie reynolds uh of of uh of of lunk um, and and we know how that ended. It ended with those guys doing. Victory. Yeah, I, I blame Freddie Reynolds to this day for the uh, Terra UST crash. It's his fud that brought it all down, right? It's always funny to watch people kind of the way they solidify as well. Like, um, so Jacob came out and said this and whatever. He was a bit abrasive and what? Okay, but there is clearly a problem. Um, clearly, all nodes have massive majority control and you know that needs to be fixed and at least if you might you might trust them you might think okay the ceo of all nodes and and jagmod or whatever his name is they're good guys and they have good intentions okay that's fine but for somebody smart big money who's looking at the chain or somebody who wants to build somewhere a new crypto project this is like instantly eliminated if you have a one-man risk like this it's just a completely undesirable place to build like, why would you play? Especially when, especially when there are similar chains that yeah, have, there's like right, like and without that risk, why would you pick this? You look other at like things? basically any other Cosmos chain, and you have a, a better situation, and <laughs> and there are way way better situations, and that would mean if you spend months or years working and and launching stuff, at least you have the peace of mind that it might take more than one person to take it down. So from that perspective for the long-term growth of, of Lunk, it's worth fixing. It doesn't matter if you personally trust all nodes or something like that. It matters like, what is the big money gonna do? What are the builders gonna do? They're not gonna trust it. They're gonna trust other chains instead. There's no distinct advantage to coming here when there's that problem. So that's kind of how I think about it. Um, and that's why it's like, it's kind of silly to, to start talking about, oh, Jacob, he stole a truck, he did this. It doesn't matter. Like the the base fact is what affects the chain's future. 
I mean, his timing's pretty hilarious. At the same time, they launched his validator, like yeah, but like <laughs> this is, but like I, I didn't understand that as well. I think Lunatics Lover, you were talking about it, but it's like the worst fucking. He's the worst marketer in the world. Like, be honest, he's the worst fucking marketer I've ever seen in terms of like. Do you think people are gonna like him and say, "Oh, Jacob's the good guy now"? No, everyone fucking hates him. Like they've they've enacted tribal war on him. They're determined to exile him. They made a proposal. Sefi to kick this guy out of the L1 team and stuff. <laughs> they hate him. This is not marketing. So there's a whole proposal now. The, That's yeah, cool. like they're encouraging people to vote. It's like get the hell get the hell off our fucking chain. Yeah, but but Bruce, uh, did, did did you see his video where where he claimed that Arnold is probably going to influence all their clients to vote yes on this stuff? So he's also a little bit of shit, though, mm. right? He's not a marketing genius. He's not. Stuff, like, he's, after he's clearly a little bit goofy with, like, politically, you would just, like, if it was me and I wanted to produce a massive change, I would not talk about my own validator. <laughs> I would, like, leave that leave that to later. Because um, you're just going to get the obvious thing where, like, everyone, all the animals of the lung community are going to bite your neck. Yeah, but, but, but that's sort of what I'm talking about. Did you see the, the his recent video? At the end, he suggested that Arnold, is, uh, he said everybody should vote no with veto. Why? Because probably Arnold is going to bully their clients and influence them to vote on this or even vote on their behalf. And I'm like, man, everybody hates you already. Why do you say this stuff? Like, What makes you believe that well, Arnold is going to do this in this situation, right? It's not really good marketing. Whatever, just none of it matters. Like it doesn't matter what Jacob does. It doesn't matter what Jacob says. Or whatever he like, we have mentioned this point. I've mentioned this point personally for the last like two three months, every few weeks or so, but nobody has cared. And and he does bring up a good point. And it's good that even though it was dramatic and ridiculous, it's good that it has come up now because it is important for the future of the chain. Um, and all nodes do need to obviously fix the problem on their end and i think they should also publish a list of who uses their services because nobody's really aware it's all kind of hidden right now and i don't think that's very ethical because you need transparency when it comes to things that involve decisions for network security like if there's a new person staking and they don't know what's going on under the hood they can encourage a bad situation and that shouldn't happen like it does seem ethical for them to be transparent about everything um, and, and obviously I don't know what else can be done. Um, but yeah, it needs fixing. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't really ignore it because it's also, it's also a little bit, it's also a little bit different, Bruce. Like when, for example, like th there are other chains and things with like validators that are way too big. Like, um, I don't know, like a Coinbase on Cosmos or like a Binance or something like that. Right. So there's plenty of examples of like problems in this like proof of stake thing where there's some validator that's too big. I think everyone understands that. But the difference there, a little bit of difference, like, and that's a problem too, by the way, but like a bit of difference there is you don't have Binance spinning up a dozen other chains for other people. And then the end user thinks that, you know, yeah. they're staking to some little validator, they're supporting some YouTuber, they're like supporting decentralization or something like that. But in fact, what it is, is it's just supported on all nodes. It would be different if like the validator said, I don't know, whoever, uh, you know, like lunked out, you know, but parentheses, all nodes or something like that. Mm. But that's not what's happening here. It's like a false advertising where people no, are exactly. putting a validator up and like almost like pretending to be decentralized when they're really not. No. And, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what that reminds me of. 
uh, it reminds me of people think that their validator is like a major league sports team, right? And that everyone's playing fair, but they're independent owners and they're running their team and we're going to hop on and I'm going to cheer for my team. Yeah, I love Classy. I want to be on Classy's team, right? That's what the people think. But really, all notes makes it more like world wrestling entertainment because there's one organization that could influence all of the validators that are underneath them and they can, they can throw the match, right? So there's an illusion that everything's fair and independent, but really it's all, it's not. Yeah. So I think but that's the same, but, but don't you have the same illusion on other chains without seeing yes. it? Because other chains could do the same and you would just not see it, right? If I just spin up three yeah. validators and uh, control them all. So at some level, what you're seeing is like a weakness of proof of stake networks and like a, a need to rework the total game theory to prevent things like an all nodes uh, from happening in the first place. People haven't sorted out how to do that. So this could happen anywhere. So yeah, I, I'm not pointing to that one thing. It just so happens that on this particular chain, um, you're really talking about like a relatively unknown actor with like a lot of power all at one time. So in other words, like if like if I were to be all nodes and I decide to short the Luna Classic token on the one hand, and then I were to like vote myself the community pool on the other hand, and then I were to sell the community pool, uh, make money there and money make money on the shorted coin, I could basically wreck everybody. Like, so like, like I could that's the recipe for the fucking clarity, everyone, basically. The clarity so, let's, let's talk yeah. um, Oracle Rewards Pool, which is $70 million. The community pool is like nothing, but, but the, the Oracle pool. Yeah, or either one, yeah. Hey, this is Raj from Target Notes. So uh, maybe the situation in which uh, Lunak is right now. So uh, this gives an opportunity to define ourselves uh, and uh, how we are different from other chains, especially when we have uh, a parallel chain running, right? I mean, uh, uh, this is definitely a situation. Um, so can LUNAC uh, take decentralization to its core, to its DNA, and define some ground uh, level rules in terms of how we want to be seen five years from now? It would be great, but first you have to educate a whole lot of people because I think what appeals to long holders and what is good for a decentralized chain may be two different things. And you've seen that a lot of times with the way the votes have gone. Well, yeah, let's increase the taxes more and more and more. Just crank it up, right? Like we see people do this, but the holders may want something totally contrary to what might be good for like a healthy decentralized finance operation where you're trying to attract uh, money and protocol and serious investors and stuff. Because after a while, like the hype can just kind of sputter out if we don't actually have good stuff going on here that people feel safe to invest in. But right now, people are much more invested in personalities. And I kind of blame Bruce a little bit because he was the first <laughs> validator I knew that had a personality. And then all, everyone who hopped on board ever since then have done so based solely on personality, whereas Bruce already knew a lot about Luna and the ecosystem and was in a good position of trust for a lot of people to to kind of guide people but it, it's kind of bruce's fault because now lunk is the chain of like validator personalities and there's nothing else that i can think of in DeFi that's like that mm. but it's not just a, a show though with me grin like there's clearly a, a therapeutic kind of listening component like you can come on these spaces and you can tell me your problems and i'll listen for hours and hours 
And I think the listening is often soothing and you'll feel better that way. But also I can give spiritual advice, like if you're having problems in your relationship or in your life or whatever, I'm, I'm legitimately here for you as a kind of half as a friend, half as a spiritual um, mentor and, and half as a validator. And I think that that sets me apart from all of the other personalities. It's why I... Uh, yeah, so but who's, more, who's, who's, more of a, who's more of a friend? You or the people who are like having daily spaces for six hours a day talking about mutual enemies, like a couple of uh, people at the water cooler complaining about the people in the other department or something like that. I mean, that's, those are your friends. The ones that you're with every day, you, you work a full shift with them, you know, you, uh, I don't know, you're, you're in and out like a butterfly. Yeah, but, but like, when was the last time you, you talked about your problems to Classy? Classy's not my team. I'm a died in the wool Lunkdow fan. I have you see been them, my whole you see life. them as opposing teams? I, I don't see it that way. I do. I, see it. I, think that, I think that the people see them as opposing teams. I think that the average Lunk holder who is signing up is signing up because they like the personality. They like what the person is saying. They're supporting that person's social media career. And it's, it's developed into a sports team-like no, I, environment. Except as, yeah. There is a weird mental model thing. Um, weird kind of political, uh, <laughs> and everyone's constantly contorting themselves. Like I look on the, the timeline sometimes and it's like these influencers are putting out little statements and, and it's like they've, they've noticed the movement of the, the network flows. Like people are, are angry about certain things. So they put out a statement like I'm against drama <laughs> and you can see how they're like trying to direct the river towards them. Like the ones who were saying like, oh, oh, I want the drama to end. They're going to suddenly start staking with, with Classy or whoever because they're, they're, they're making a, a bold statement that they, they, will, they will be the, the representative of Lunk. They will be the, the ones who stand against the drama or whatever. It's kind of funny to watch these things all the time. But I think the, you're right in that sense. Like the understanding of validation as a technical role that is in large part, obviously there's the governance side and stuff like that, but in large part as well for, for network security to be advocates for keeping the whole network secure, that has kind of been lost. It's this weird situation. And do you remember as well, Sefi, I kind of predicted this like six months ago. Um, do you remember our, our spaces? I, I was talking about like how I, I reckon in future, the, the validators are basically going to all be influencers. <laughs> it's going to be in a weird situation and it's kind of happening. Yeah, either that or either that or it's validators as a service, right? Like yeah. where, like if you get if you sign up for the validator, you'll get special airdrops. You'll get like maybe like a back rub from Donku, or maybe someone will like yeah. I don't know jerk off or something. Like you know, there, there there is a there's like a service expectation for for or a future reward benefit outside of your yield, right? Like that's another thing. I would like not- with the jerk off validator, Steffi. That's a great idea. Yeah, like let's say you have your your validator, like you know, if someone stakes a certain like threshold amount, you'll do them personal sexual favors or something like that, right? Like it's that's another angle of the validator network that's um like besides the influencer piece, yeah. There's two 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 angles to that. There's nothing wrong with economic incentives as part of competition and and let's be honest, there is competition to some degree. And what would be friendly for the consumer? We'd have the maximum number of choices uh, and to not have power consolidated in any one place. But there's there's not much of a defense aside from the hard limit on how much you can you can uh, delegate to voting power to one validator. There's not much of a control against like a monopolistic uh, kind of a situation 
the the thing about that though is the the issue with all notes for me is that it's a hidden monopolistic situation because they're rebranding under all these different names and people don't realize they don't understand and they and they're not educated to know the the problem with that so the you could theoretically if things kept going this way all nodes could own 50%, 60%, 80% of the voting power because all these personalities have popped up and influenced people to stake with them. They collect a paycheck and then they also pay all nodes their share for, for giving them the equipment. And then all nodes is a full monopoly over the chain. And so it I'm grateful for it. Jacob. It might already, I, I'm grateful for Jacob for, um, for basically sacrificing himself. Like, honestly, like he, he committed public um, seppuku or whatever, however, yeah, but he he committed it publicly that he did not make a lot of friends right now. Although he did make enough noise that some people who were asleep now care a bit more about this network security and are talking about it, even as they hate him. So that's why on my timeline I posted, I'm um, you know that he he sacrificed himself and his reputation in in the community for what he thinks is a greater good. And he, and he also seems to think that, that, that eventually, with time, that sentiment will turn back in his favor, perhaps. But right now, not so much. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, if we don't start to figure out network security and too many of these things and proof of stake go down, you know, proof of stake could end up with a negative reputation like an algorithmic stable coin or you know, so if we don't fight for security on these networks, like we all end up at the bottom of the ocean. Um, so I, I think I think Jacob does have the right medium to long term view about, you know, stepping up now before it's too late to make sure we have network security so that we don't lose another galleon to the bottom of the sea. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he certainly he's like the great. he's like the nerd at the console at nasa who's looking at the asteroid coming from a distance and saying you know what that could hit the earth maybe i don't want to like be the cassandra here but i see this thing coming and this is a warning and you set up all of this infrastructure and you set these people up to watch the you know the sky and the with the antennas and things pointed to space asteroids coming along and everyone's like well it's probably nothing it'll probably miss because most of them miss and all that kind of thing Instead of like, you know, maybe following the trajectory, making sure it doesn't hit, the community is like, ah, the asteroid doesn't exist, whatever, don't mm. worry about it. It's and then they fire the guy. It's, it's always interesting how when something is said, that the other side becomes very kind of, um, they kind of concretize. Like Tobias came out, this is no issue. <laughs> and like other people came out, there's no problem at all. And they're like getting more and more solid in their stances. It's a very interesting thing. And I, I always see this stuff and I think like, hmm, if it does explode, what Tobias and whoever has done is they vouch for the security of the network and they become responsible as a result. And that's really bad. I just want to signal to my friend David here. I don't know him that well, but he seems like a good enough guy and he's got his hand up because he's old school and very patient, but he doesn't know that he just needs to bust in because he's already a speaker. So yeah, David, by the way, David, just... just um speak shout us down it's all okay i didn't want to be rude um i i i had an idea um and I, there was a proposition like this already um about limiting the voting power w would there be a way that we could maybe uh 
you know, say like identify all the validators through all nodes and, and just for the short term kind of minimize the risk by 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 putting a cap on on their total control, like say like uh, putting it down to 25 percent total and then allocate that voting power among all the delegators that are that are running through all nodes. You'd have to do it with you'd have to do it with all nodes themselves, first of all, because they are like a number one, one of the top five, I forget if they're number one validators on their own. So the greatest threat actually comes from them. If you were to cap them at like 2% and everybody else uses them at 2%, you'd probably arrive back up to like a 20% share pretty soon. But that would honestly be a much more fair situation um, because yeah, it would keep once, the all those validators. Once you go yeah. down the route and governance of like specifically censoring a group, um, you know, f via governance, it sets a precedent for people that is like no one's ever going to forget. It's like it's like what happened with the Juno airdrop situation. And like, that's a whole nother saga. But anyway, like, yeah, it, like the only real good solution to this is like the the validators themselves who, you know, work with all nodes. Um, all nodes themselves saying fucking giving up because like anything else, it's like it's the wrong message ultimately. Like, uh, guys, the, um, people can solve this, or those validators can solve this. That's it. Like that's the only thing I can see that would be like would save the uh, like personality of the system and like set the right precedents for like uh, social governance. Where like yes, in fact, um, socially like you know the people notice there's a problem and they're willing to do something about it on their own with their own will as opposed to being forced to do it by the community as soon as you have to like create a dictatorship or like a mob rule situation i think um like after that it's you're just in bad a position as you were before in many ways <clears throat> uh guys i want to bring up something because some of you may have missed that um so Arnold actually in the past uh, they proposed something uh, an idea how to fix this and I think I want to disagree with Steffi uh, I think it's solvable on the governance layer by um, basically in, in introducing some sort of a premium system like the tax bracket thing you know like uh, you could have for example for the long chain you could have four brackets going from zero to five percent five to ten ten to fifteen fifteen to twenty percent voting power and basically what would happen um, is that uh, the lowest bracket gets 0% uh, premium on top of the commission that they set anyways. Um, and then it goes up. Uh, for example, it could be next bracket 5% premium, next one 10%, and the highest one 15%, which would... It would, it would have to be really subtle because um, otherwise what would happen, the natural inclination is to sibyl the situation, which is to create spin up a new validator with a new name. And just simply like, you know, it's the same people, but they just split up. Yeah, but there are limits things. because we have, uh, because, yeah, I get you, but, but there is a limitation, right? Because you have a limited set and stuff. So at least it would work in, uh, in, in our case, kind of. And it was, um, what I didn't like is that, um, and now Bruce will laugh again, but what I didn't like is that uh, this is actually public and it was proposed by the Arnold CEO. So, uh, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not like nobody cared and uh, whatever it was brought up by them. So it's, it's a valid solution. We should try it out. And Ed, uh, Edward Kim actually said that it could be coded into the governance layer. So it just needs a proposal and stuff. But no, it definitely, it definitely could be. But what happens a lot of times is the, the exact group you're trying to punish. Like, let's say there's a large note validator. 
like even if they split into like five pieces, for example, and they sibyl the situation, they may still have enough power to like um, knock out, you know, out of the validator set, like the bottom five or the bottom, you know what I mean? Like, so the, that's where the problem comes in. And this is a problem across the cosmos, by the way. This is not unique to this, like, one chain or something like that. It's, this is just, it's not unique. But I mean, but I mean Sefi, in, in our case, we have the uh, the good thing is that actually the biggest validator, which is the biggest spread, actually proposes it. So they, and they don't seem to be uh, uh, malicious right now. And you know what I mean? So in our case, it could kind of work. Yeah, and, and, and maybe, like, yeah. all nodes is a victim of their own success. Like, maybe they had not expected to become this big, and they just sort of did. Oh, they are. They are for sure. Yeah. Because they, 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 they actually have... were the... They, they were the first validator, uh, besides Bruce, because I don't want to disrespect him here. But uh, when we, like, in the Terra Rebels, before it was named Terra Rebels, uh, you had this validator group that was going and reaching out to other, other validators and asked, asking them, like, hey, guys... Uh, would you please uh, keep running, uh, keep supporting us, whatever? And many of them uh, were not really interested to to support that chain, right? But Arnold and uh, I think MCF, uh, they actually showed support immediately. So they, they they did lots of help in the background and were were active and stuff. So they are kind of victim of their own success. That's that's why I don't like the framing, you know the. The bashing and stuff, the PvP that's going on. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's but at the end of the day, it's like it's not a PvP. I think at the end of the day, it's like um, there is like a message that gets sent to the broader investor, the large scale investors um, in crypto who are savvy about this sort of thing. And ultimately, like the centralization, it just creates like a a risk vector that you know people aren't going to be willing to stomach that with large funds. Like if I'm going to put like ten million dollars in. Uh, or something, or north of that, then I'm going to think really carefully ab about that sort of problem, especially given other competitors in the market that may not be quite as, you know, centralized necessarily. So, like it, it's it's not marketable to say you're centralized, right? So, like at the end of the day, this is only a negative. There's no positive here. Like, what is the positive? Um, there isn't one except like, well, yeah, all nodes may be good people or whatever. But like, if you have all your keys sitting in one place, and I, you know, somehow like. Well, here's the other thing too. Like, once it's known that all of these validators and so much power is in, like, uh, is in the hands of one group, like, it's a great reason to go and hack that group. Yeah, that, that's the other so thing. That's it's like, problem. So, yeah, I, I don't think people understand that as well. It's like it's, it's not the fact that they are untrustworthy. So, if if an external investor, an external builder sees this chain and it has like a forty percent um, control or a Nakamoto coefficient of one. That is an unattractive thing to start with. That basically cock blocks all of the progress. But also, um, if a group of people know that one entity has all of this control, they suddenly become a target. And the CEO of, of all nodes is um, publicly doxxed. And I, there's there's a lot of power. Yeah, what's to what's to keep me from like taking him at well, gunpoint and saying, a, "Hey, by the way, you, need you can to do use this. a five dollar wrench if you like. Mm -hmm. If if you go to his house and wrench that guy." You can drain the Oracle Rewards pool of seventy million dollars if you like. Um, it's a point of risk, and and because it's a point of risk outside of their own intentions, um, in in many different ways, then it becomes a target, and it also becomes a oh, unattractive. Like, there's been yeah, there's been several people, uh, like even public on Twitter, um, who have known to have been sort of like disappeared in the crypto community who are probably murdered by bad actors. Um, there was one dude, I don't remember his name. Like I was like, dude, you need to run. 
and like his his he basically said well i think the mafia is after me blah 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 he's in like the caribbean and um you know he's never heard from again like and, mm-hmm. and turned up dead um and like you know so there that is a legitimate problem uh they they paint a target on their back which is another strange problem more than that more than that, there are major companies that outwardly have great security practices, beautiful websites. They seem to know the business that they're in, especially in a lot of custodial crypto services and so on. And then you find out that internally in the company, they had everyone's keys like in plain text somewhere for convenience. Like they didn't have an internal system with controls and security as robust as their external system. And so then hackers could get in and get yeah, like all this even, information even in plain these- text. Yeah, even one of these password sites, um, not one password, but there's another one. I forget the name of it. Uh, LastPass Last is the one that recently got like hacked. Yeah, like there's some even some password aggregator type sites, and you know, you think they're safe and whatever, and um, got hacked, and a lot of people had their like all their passwords released to the universe, like for whoever hacked it. So yeah, you never know like what the security policy of that particular organization is, and. In some extent, like to some extent, they can't tell everybody what that is because then that becomes a vector. Um, so you never know uh, how, and it only takes one bad actor in an organization. And next thing you know, you're in trouble. It's it's and like they, how SIM swap attacks happen with like um, cell service providers in the United States, as an example. Like just it takes one bad dude, and next thing you know, all your like information has been sold to God knows who on the dark web. Yeah, right? people. And in this case, in this case, all nodes employees have, have said like, oh, oh no, our, our CEO is the only one who has these keys. <laughs> and so that makes me question what kind of security they have internally, whether or not they mean well. Like how, if he has them, how does he store them? What does he do to make sure that they don't get out of his hands? Or is that really on a personal computer at home? Are they in an office? Like, yeah. And what, what happens if something it, happens to that one guy? Like, yeah, <laughs> PFC, and and yeah, and also it's just the perception of it as well. Like externally, regardless of what happens, um, but PFC, uh, you know, PFC, uh, yeah, of course you do. Um, he said like yeah. he's kind of identified a bunch of other problems as well, and that he's not going public. He's just contacted them. Um, so there's more. There are more issues, and and also like all of the servers are in one data center or whatever. Um, Hetzner, and it's I don't know. There's a bunch of things, but it there's basically a bunch of there's a bunch of things outside of the all node CEO's intentions. That's the problem. Do you guys think uh, I need to go to sleep? Uh, but I want to ask this question because uh, all you guys are here now. Do you guys think the uh, premium proposal for the commission is it worth to to proceed with this? Like, should I should I? Uh, Go on Agora, write something up? I, I don't think so, because uh, the, I do a lot of NFT trading, and there's just a huge escalation because there, there are NFTs that they're going to go launch their NFT, and they want to make sure that the NFTs don't all get into one wallet, because then that person can manipulate the whole thing. So it's almost like a similar issue. If one person buys 75% of all the NFTs in a collection, then they control the price in the market, and you can do whatever they want. And then the NFT project has left a smoking wreck, right? And so now company, now the NFT groups, they try to, to, to use all these tactics to find out like who controls what wallet to make sure they're not linked to other wallets. And they're supposed to do that to try to avoid one person having like 75% of a, a new collection coming out, getting all the rare stuff and, and selling the rest really cheap and just burning everything as they go. And, and so they, they'll have like raffles and the raffle program will try to check uh, to see connections between wallets and everything. And, and, but there are still like botting groups 
that runs bot that run bots that will um, that people will have like they'll buy lists of ten thousand emails that all register for this raffle with ten thousand wallets that all have a minimum amount of Ethereum in them, and then uh, like a percent one percent of that will get through, and they'll each max mint, and they those people will still end up at thirty percent or fifty percent of the supply. So if there's an incentive, then there's a way to manipulate it. If all nodes proposed. Um, giving bigger rewards to smaller players, they may not have been thinking of excluding their own rebranded validators, in which case they still get a slice of that pie, right? Right, but at least it would uh, probably reduce all nodes to like 10% something. So it would take away the the, the immediate chain hold uh, peers and whatever, because there is no ideal solution to this, but at least the premium tax thingy uh, on commission, you know, it could kind of, go into the right direction and immediately have some effect, which doesn't uh, only penalize one particular validator. It would basically mean uh, uh, Bruce, for example, he would, I think, I don't know how much you have, like 6% or something. So your commission would go up to 11 in that case. Arnold's commission would spike up to 20. Immediately, yeah, I mean, the, it's enforced. The, yeah, this, this whole centralization thing, right, for the first, uh, um, for the top, uh, validators. I mean, can it? Uh, I mean, I was just thinking while uh, listening to you all guys. Uh, so, um, I mean, I know it's not done in any other chains, but uh, can we balance out between uh, uh, making sure that all the validators get at least some percentage? That way, uh, the chain is secured uh, um, to a certain level. And a certain percentage can still be open for competition. Whoever performs well uh, will basically have that particular percentage uh, grab up, right? Say so that's, that's kind of what the that's kind of what the tax premium thingy should do. Because uh, imagine you are like running a top ten validator, and you have your commission set to five percent as an example, and you get uh, you have to charge another five percent commission. That's what the governance layer will force you to to do. True, and but what you and yeah. what you can do is you can, uh, for example, say that the validator can like uh, you know it's it's kind of an incentive if you have loyal people that want to support you and whatever. There is an incentive to 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 uh, basically uh, perform well and get a little bit more, but at the same time, uh, because people will undelegate to smaller guys. It also supports them sort of, right? So yeah. There is incentive on both sides. We we are already seeing the uh, above 100 folks, uh, above 100 validators uh, ranking um, are slowly uh, fiddling away as well. That is absolutely not good for uh, our chain, uh, right? So, I mean, what, what um, I'm, I mean, again, it's just a thought, is 80% of the uh, voting power should be distributed across the max, say 130 divided by 80. I mean, that percentage should be across and 20% uh, can uh, be open for uh, any of the uh, high-performing validators. So that way we are balancing out competition, which is good for the chain, as well as uh, making sure uh, the chain itself is not compromised uh, uh, with, with centralized uh, too much power. So what you basically could do, I think if I get your point right, is uh, in that in the tax breaking uh, commission premium system, what you could do is you could say from the validators that actually have to apply the premium, 
you take away 50% of that premium commission from them and distribute it to the smaller ones, for example. So you can kind of fund them via the premium. If, does See, that go into the, the thing, direction? Right? It's the marketing thing as well. The moment we talk about taxing and all these things, that uh, doesn't uh, go much uh, well with uh, across uh, uh, the investor community or even the building uh, the uh, build community right i mean uh, uh, it should be more promoted from a uh, quote unquote decentralization um, uh, pitch standpoint like if we take uh, the uh, majority of the percentage and enforce decentralization across all the validators uh, and then, I mean, uh, that, that's just my thought because yeah, I I've think seen. There, yeah. The way the way I've Taxing, analyzed it, it yeah. Sorry, it comes the way I've analyzed it. It comes out to it needs to end up being some mix of like there's some randomized behavior that happens which nobody can plan for. There are some kinds of like um, tax type events that happen maybe that are like uh, they're algorithmic but they're not necessarily fully predictable, but to the, but they're known so that people can plan around them. And then there's like a game theory idea, like where essentially there needs to be like a game that the basically the users are playing where they're trying to optimize maybe their yield or something. But um, that like there's certain types of activities that maybe increase your yield, like, for example, changing your stake to different people. Um, but, but and, that's and creating a game theory that purposefully causes decentralization. Um, so there's definitely a cosmos-wide game theory problem. And there's a proof-of-stake game theory problem that no one's figured out, not Vitalik, not nobody. And like this needs to be solved on like just a general level, and it's a very complicated problem. Like you need to get like Ethan and Jay, like Ethan Buckman and Jay and Zaki and all these people in this and the Jacobs of the world. You need people that like really have like some deep fundamental understanding of game theory and like like rethink the entirety of like proof of stake and i think my intuition is is that like there is a game theoretical answer to solving this but like all of what we're saying right now i've heard all of this before there's nothing new being said here like it's like truly like the same conversation has been had year after year after year and it sounds like it's new because we're maybe like the first time you've thought of it or whatever like the taxable idea and all of these ideas like but most of them are open to civil attacks still um, and like nobody has really solved it. And I think there is an answer there. I, there is an answer, I think, maybe in the IBC based system where like there's messaging between blockchains. I think there's like a potential for like a decentralization strategy there. And I also think there's with the interchain security concept that Cosmos has created, I think like um, different chains interacting with each other there may be some like mesh security like osmosis is talking about or interchain security i think there are some new ways to sort of like maybe shake this up a little bit i don't know that those don't also lead to the exact same problem by the way so i'm not 100% sure but it seems like those provide more possible sort of permutations or mechanisms for weird like new decentralization game theory but like nobody's figured this out really well and i think like this is the thing about like the hardcore bitcoiners who basically talk about how like, you know, how BTC has been secured, that like a lot of these kind of ideas were not foreign to Satoshi. These, like a lot of the issues that we see now that include human governance and everything, um, like, mm, that, like th th these are not ideas that haven't been hashed out like over a decade ago 
to some extent. And like some things were left out of Bitcoin, for example, for this very reason. And maybe like maybe what we need is we need some, you know, some people have argued you need like a proof of stake base layer and and I'm sorry, proof of work base layer. And then you have like different governance components on top of it. And and all sorts of different like ideas are out there. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, this needs a really cosmos wide serious discussion. I think the Luna Classic um, situation is just one example. I hope these things don't turn into like a calamity and then we have to fix it. Like, but as it stands right now, like there is a vector for calamity, whether or not people want to like believe it or not or whatever, like there just is. And um, I, I think people should take it seriously. It's just that the situation is more extreme on Lunk, right? It's like we're at the, we're at the right, right. weird ta- tail, the weird tail of the bell curve. You know, and we actually, it's funny because the bell curve, we're at the weird tail of like the crap end of the decentralization gone awry. And then at the other end of the bell curve is, is Luna 2.0, which is about the most decentralized whoa, whoa, Cosmos chain whoa. that there Are is. Are you trying to create a war? Are you trying to pitch Luna relative to no, 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 no. failings? No, no, no. Because if you, if you remember the bell curve memes, right? The bell curve memes that are out there have like the degen. At, at, at one end and they've got like the genius at the other end and then the people in the middle are the ones who are losing yeah. right what, and those one memes... of the funny things grin is you could you could start telling the lung community that it's the most decentralized chain and they'd all start repeating it well this that's part true. of what set me off if you if you looked at my twitter at all this week and i know you have um then you know that i that i've been all over this issue in a way mm-hmm. and part of it is because classy crypto said that like he made like a one-line statement like I think that Lunk should remain decentralized, right? But it was it was hypocritical because he buys from all nodes. And so he's actually part of the centralization. And I just don't think that he understood it. And so maybe he met means well, but I just don't I don't think he it clicked or that he understood the issue. Or maybe he doesn't mind misrepresenting what he actually does. He's, but to put out a statement saying I I think Lunk should be decentralized, and then he's part of the problem that might exist really kind of set me off. And that's why I went on the internet to tell people they were wrong this week. He's more than smart enough <laughs> to to know that he's like using little platitudes and stuff um, to, to appeal to the masses. He's done this forever. It's quite funny. Whether or not they're true. Whether or not they're true. Yeah, it's quite funny to watch. Yeah, Lent definitely is uh, um, pretty good uh, in decentralization from investor community standpoint. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, mid to small level uh, investors uh, uh, who has bought into the idea, uh, but when it comes to the validators, that's where uh, it it uh, to your particular point it, it ranks way too low in terms of uh, decentralization compared to other Cosmos chains as well. Yeah, it's the lowest by far. Lowest. Yeah, yeah. But I also think that the vote that's up to to pull the funding from Jacob is kind of a joke because because of the centralization problem that already exists and because he's speaking out against the white label validators, they're all incentivized to, to, uh, to protect their own business. And they very well may organize and vote in their own interests instead of the interests of the chain or the community. So that vote is a little bit laughable too. And it doesn't address the issue of uh, Lunk being too centralized for its own good. Yeah, that was one of the funny things. Like when this was pointed out, immediately all of the voices were loud against Jacob. And they're but because they all have all nodes validators, and it's like this weird thing where it's like this this kind of um, I don't know like a, a flywheel of unified opinion 
to protect the salary. <laughs> it was just going, the, the reaction was insane for me just to watch how everyone's minds were warped around their salaries. It was, uh, hey, this is the business side. This is the business side, Bill. I'm validating here. Hey, hey, get um, off my turf. It's essentially a franchise, like renting validator nodes turns Lunk into a franchise. And if you're harming their business, yeah. Uh, while we have Hamilton here, I would like his take on the situation, his risk assessment, and on the security side of things. Are you familiar with the situation? I don't think he's following it. I think he's one of those guys who like codes in a shed and then appear. Yeah, months. yeah. That's why I want his why I want his opinion. I haven't been following, but I've been listening. Well, here's, here's the situation, <clears throat> Hamilton. Um, the, on the Lunk blockchain, you can look up if you like. Um, if you look up smart stake analytics and then go to Terra Analytics, you can see the, the rundown. Anyway, all nodes is a company and they have one primary validator and that has around 18, 90% of the voting power. And then they, they rent out nodes to people. So they provide a service where they run the infrastructure um, and they know the keys and then they give the keys, they send the keys to the person who's renting from them so they can effectively uh, run their own node, but all nodes also knows the keys at the same time, right? So they all so basically they have the ability to sway a vote at any time. So they have the ability to impersonate any of their clients at any time. And on Luna Classic, they rent out something in the region of 15 different validators. And the cumulative voting power is, I, we don't know exactly because it's not being transparent, but the cumulative voting power is somewhere in the region of about 35%, somewhere near there. I'm not sure exactly. Um, and Jacob Gedikian, who's like one of the the best Cosmos devs, he's worked on network security for various chains. He pointed out very loudly um, this week that there's this problem that all nodes knows the keys to all of these validators, has the ability to impersonate all of them, as in vote on their nodes for for whatever he likes. Um, and and <laughs> he got a massive backlash from the Luna Classic community for pointing this out because. All of the main influencers, all of the main community members are using all nodes. Um, so obviously, this, as soon as he started being loud about it, they were like, oh, shit, my business is going to get fucked up by this um, and, and basically shouted him out of the room. And now they've created governance proposals to kick him off the chain permanently to end his job, which was like an he, he did a bit of like mercenary L1 work for repairs and stuff um, in the last month or so. Um, anyway, that's the situation. That this sounds like a uh, a job perfect for the CIB, <laughs> literally. You should um, you should have a look because it's quite an interesting thing. I mean, one of the interesting things is like, how do we even solve this? Because for me, it, it very much seems a lot of the time like you just. This have is to why stop. I love code. Code never to, lies. It's like you have to stop it getting here, because once it's here, it's very hard to reverse. Like people are saying stupid shit, like. Oh well, all nodes will delete the keys now. <laughs> it's like, well, no, you you still have the human trust issue. Um, what are you going to do? And people are saying like, oh, we'll lower the we'll lower we'll lower the voting cap. We'll up the commissions or something. Well, people just redelegate to all nodes, and who knows how many they control. And you know, you don't solve the issue. It's like you've got to stop it happening in the first place somehow um, with incentives, like Sefi says. And Tom brought up a good point that it doesn't take any misbehavior if it's known that <clears throat> the company and the CEO control that some federal judge somewhere can compel them with a subpoena to hand over the keys and they could, the government could force a halt of the body. Exactly. Well, that's, yeah. so exactly. it's outside of um, intention. So you have all node CEO, maybe he has perfect intentions. Maybe he's a saint, maybe he spent 20 years in a monastery, 
even so, he can become a target both of, of regulatory bodies or governments or legal side, and he can also become a target of malicious actors. Um, and he can also just fuck up. You know, it's... it's Basically it's destroying a chain, intent. even not through ill intent, but just having that much control. Yeah. Right? And, and also, people who observe this and know it's happening, why ever would they invest here? Why ever would they build here? They don't know the guy. Like, you might know him personally. You might know he's a beautiful guy and, and uh, will do the best for everything. But most people don't know him. Most people just observe on the surface this has a Nakamoto coefficient of one. It takes one validator to take the chain down. You know, that's like, that's what people see. And, and you're going to stifle a chain endlessly if you have that situation. I will do something. Yeah, reasons. creating a system that's creating a system that's truly like is truly sufficiently trustless. And this language is really super important. It's like why, like most reads, most people say, well, you should actually read the Bitcoin Standard or some book like that that really discusses what all this is, is. because like achieving that is actually quite difficult. And once you have lost it, it's like basically like um, I don't know, like. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve getting kicked out of the garden of eating for eating for eating the apple or something like that. Once you, paradise is lost, it is lost for good. I, in fact, even now, I, I'd be shocked if this problem gets solved. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not holding my breath in the slightest. And, like, and you not. know, you know, you know who foresaw this too, right? You know who foresaw this was with Del Kwan, because uh, as much as people scream, "Why have you abandoned me? Why have you abandoned me?" And I did a little bit of that myself back in May. Del Kwan foresaw this happening. Now, at the time. When the DPEG happened and Luna lost all of its value and UST approached zero, what happened was uh, we didn't know if there was a bad actor that wanted to take control of Luna. Because if they crashed it and then they bought a lot of it at the bottom, anybody could have come in. Sam Bankman-Fried could have come in and bought the Luna network and he would have had control over it and nobody would have known. And so the number yeah, one the, reason, the, the, the number one reason abandoned. Luna 2, yeah, the number yeah, one reason Luna 2 exists. Plastic. Yeah, exactly. He created Luna V2 because this problem was not solvable and it wasn't clear what the distribution of the coins would be. And like it, it certainly wasn't in the hands of the original users of the network as far as voting power, right? So like a lot of new people came in and bought and it's, it's interesting. It's Steffi, Steffi uh, yeah. the, when, I mean, I mean, you guys know code is law and all that bullshit, right? Uh, technically, if new users come in and the protocol worked as an intended, then the new users would have had the right to stake and vote. It's, 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 uh, it doesn't matter if it's the original users or if they bought in one day ago in that case. No, but, it, but it, is a, it is a hostile takeover. And there are a lot of people who already invested the system in developing, invested in developing I, on the I system. I get that, I get that. But they, the same people use the argument that, uh, oh, the, uh, the um, USDC mechanism worked as intended and everything, you know, like, like it's, a, it's a little bit hypocritical to argue like this, in my opinion. Well, no, the, I, I think, I don't see the hypocrisy, okay? Doquan foresaw that somebody from outside the okay the the usc mechanism failed spectacularly because of the pressure which may have been a legal pressure throwing billion of dollars that didn't belong to those people or didn't have the right to use but the pressure was enough to destroy the peg but now everybody who'd already been investing in building on the chain has no representation on the chain anymore incentive so he creates luna 2.0 and airdrops people what is, was intended to be a fair but, proportion i get oh, that no, no, but the oh, issue oh, is the oh, voting no, the voting no, is no, the no. issue because no, it but but there was a proposal that was passed by locking out the others. 
So, so you know what I mean? You cannot have a proposal. He, he also made a centralized decision, by the way. I, I don't know he if did. you guys Absolutely. remember this, but there was no vote to halt the uh, mint burn mechanism. It probably should have been allowed to just like mint to infinity and be done with it. Like that probably would have been maybe the right choice at that moment. I'm not sure why he did that exactly. Yeah, I think I don't panic. Why would he? Why would he hold a proposal to to launch a new chain? He could have just done it in that case. If you lock out the others, anyways. Yeah, the Luna V2 chain was launched spontaneously, like, um, and then the validators had to step in and like you know support that concept. But um, yeah, like the the original chain, there was not a vote actually by the original users nope. to halt the chain, nor there was there a was, vote to like spin up a new was, one. <laughs> it was total centralized decision. There was collusion by the validators who acted in the interest to agree to do it. So that's kind of to preserve them. That, that's yeah, the that's val- kind of a, a a consensus among people who are in a position to protect the network. Yeah, that like they they chose to do it together. It wasn't just Doquan on his own. It was like. Sure. No. Imagine an invading nation, right, came in and you are the last political power structures. You're the freaking Tibetan political leadership in exile and religious leadership or the people who yeah, they were from one place. And then... But that's only an interpretation by the old holders, which I kind of understand. It's not that I don't understand it, but it's, 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 it's by, basically the, bypassing the, how the, the network works. Yeah, but it's UST bypassing Luna. the rules. Yeah, the UST Luna mechanism was like truly wrecked by Sam and FTX. Now that's like what we like, and Alameda. This is what we know. So there's not like a guarantee that that exact same actor, which uh, like worked to wreck the network, would not necessarily choose to do it again. I'm not saying it happened. In this case, it did not. So that's wonderful. But like, there's no guarantee that was not the end. That not that was not a particular possible end game. So, like, the way Doe and the validators did it was to just, like, throw a monkey wrench in whoever's plans and prevent any pre-existing plan from taking place that some bad actor might have had by just basically, like, changing the terms of the game, like, immediately without warning, which was interesting. So, I don't know what the... Like, there was no precedent for this situation, really. So, like... No, they they acted to preserve the existing power structure, and they launched Luna 2.0 to to honor that existing power structure. They transplanted to, like, a new nation a new land but they have no stake anymore no significant stake anymore in the old chain because they've been diluted down to nothing and now the people who came in to occupy the land have to create a society out of it that makes sense and i'm grateful that all nodes ended up as our uh our benevolent king it, because it could have been it could have been sam bankman fried who ended yeah, up as our it's benevolent gotta be king. like the george washington situation you have to step away at some point you have to say you know what like so, so, you know, the foundation of the United States is a perfect example. Is it possible that George Washington and a few of the people at the top could have become uh, kings and queens or whatever? Sure. But, you know, and nobody knew what would happen until George Washington stepped down after terms as president, right? But that actually happened. And now, like, we have, you know, you know world democracies and everything else where people step down after a period of time, term limits and everything else. But, like, in, in all nodes is in that position at this point. All nodes is a position to be either like, well, no, we're right. We're going to leave it the way it is. We have this nodes business thing. Or they have to say, wait a minute, like our, our exact business model is against decentralization. This is a problem. And you're going to have, you're going to decide like, so the, unfortunately, the decision is not the community's decisions to make at this point, really. It's in the power of like the king to decide now. 
which direction the king wants to go step down and like turn this into like you know uh, uh, you know distribute voting power more appropriately or like continue and just like make it more and more central because what if like let's say i decide i'm going to spin up an all nodes based thing i throw like 100 million dollars at this and decide to take a like a massive proportion of the the network and then just like do whatever i want with it would that be okay like that's the question you have to ask yourself and uh, you know at this point the the answer from the community is yeah maybe it's okay it's probably fine depends how much i like you and the thing about mr jeremiah all nodes is like we don't know if he had a cherry tree and we don't know if he was truthful about it. So we don't know if he has George Washington in him or not. So I hope Jeremiah all knows does the right thing. To clarify, like the people of the early Americas or early, like, you know, uh, you know, like British Parliament or whatever, like nobody knew for sure that it would turn out okay, right? There was some trust involved at that moment. And, uh, and I think the world's democracies, they stand today, if they survived, it's because some degree of luck some degree of benevolence and some degree of like just picking the getting the right people at the right time, maybe like guided by God or whatever it is you want to call it. And, you know, you know, you got lucky to some extent, right? Like there, it could have been a dictatorship, but it ended up not being. So I can see that there's like, there's always a luck component involved. And I think we don't, we'll just see what uh, the validators decide to do in this, in this instance, I think. So what's the deal with the tokens on the Luna classic chain when the mint burn went crazy? Like, isn't there like, Four trillion. I'm guessing, just you know, numbers out of thin air. But isn't there like you know a couple to four trillion lunk sitting somewhere that could be a big uh, stick, and which makes old node not like a king, but more like a little dude somewhere. Yeah, Bruce, where is where is all the different like trapped lunk? Like I know some of it is on um, certain exchanges like Voyager or whatever that are in bankruptcy hearings and whatever. And it's like mm -hmm. trapped there to some extent. I don't know. I think, um, the other interesting thing was like, um, entities like Orion who had a huge amount of the voting power when the chain halted, they were earning about 25% yield per day, every day for about five months. And they already had it. Like there are things like that, which were fascinating as well. So, so for comparison here, the, the, the lunk staking yield per year, is 25% or so now. So that means if you have 100 lunk now, after a year, you'd earn about um, 25 more. And they were earning 25 more per day, 25% per day for five months. So they must have a hell of a lot. <laughs> like, like one of the reasons that I think um, Orion had so much power and has so much power now is because they, they restaked um, a lot of it. And I don't know if they sold the rest of it or whatever. But yeah, these these entities that were validators at the chain hold time or who staked just before the chain hold, they have enormous power. I'm not sure exactly how it's distributed. It's it's a bit random. Um, I think a lot is on exchanges and stuff. I think something like um, what well, I think it's what twelve percent of the the supply is staked. You might know Lindsay Lover or someone. Um, it's somewhere. I think it's thirteen. Yeah, so, thirteen. When I, at least when I last investigated it, something like 120 million um is worth of of lunk was on the chain and then the rest on on different centralized exchanges and whatever i mean you guys yeah. uh, I, i've been uh i've been uh, interacting with the crazy uh rap luna gang i think there is also trapped uh when... mm, i think rap luna is the only way forward i think that the <laughs> has been marginalized i think when we do these spaces and we talk about lunk and sometimes we talk about luna i think that is a way of attacking the rap luna community the rap luna community
been yeah, marginalized, this- they've been targeted, they've been left out. And it is the only token that is both wrapped and also on Ethereum. Um, and also the yes. wormhole bridge contracts reveal that it should be able to be swapped one-to-one for Luna. And it's not being allowed to. And why is that? And Jared TFL has blocked one of the main representatives of the W Luna community earlier, the ZK Domains guy. He blocked him. Why is he blocking him? Because he wants to deny the truth. And the truth is that the new <laughs> Luna blockchain needs to be wound down. It needs to be bro- it needs to be erased, basically. And we need to form a new blockchain, Luna 3.0, and then merge the two communities right. that way. And then the W Luna people should all get one-to-one redemption for the new Luna. And the thing yeah, is about that too like is nine hundred billion, I think yeah, nine hundred billion something wrapped Luna. Z- I think or... zk domains has some kind of a plan. He's been playing, tinkering with like flaws and wormhole. He plans to do something if his demands are not met, and we don't have how Luna much how else much uh, wrapped Luna must this dude have to worry about this this much? Like quite a bit. I imagine. the funny. Thing- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's, he's he's pretty pissed, but the thing, but he's planning to like to like start. <laughs> pushing like UST onto Luna 2.0 and playing all kinds of games with Wormhole, which apparently does have some real flaws. You mean on 3.0? You mean pushing yeah. UST no, no, on no, 3.0? No, 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 he wants to attack 2.0 to prove his point. Yeah. He wants to, uh, he's threatening some sort of action with, with Wormhole to uh, start putting all kinds of weird tokens on Luna 2.0. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what he does because it's in the code. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's okay with yeah, me. Yeah, like he posted some pile um, of links the other day where he was like sending wrapped BNB to the, to the Luna blockchain, and he was like, "Look at this! Look what I've done!" <laughs> he was threatening them, and then he obviously threatened to blow up um, Luna. And his demand. I accidentally, I accidentally did this myself. I accidentally did this myself in a way, and I was I was really scratching my head for a while because I, the worm the wormhole bridge let me bridge usdc over to luna 2.0 and it spontaneously like created or maybe one other person had done it before but there there was a contract there's a token contract now that is like wormhole usdc on luna 2.0 and i was like i, I bridged it over i'm like well, I don't, I, this is how i'm supposed to do it i know I'm, i want the axelar usdc what am i supposed to use but if you want axelar usdc you have to go to axelar's page and follow their 19-step process and hope it all works, and then you get the Axelar USDC. But you can just go to Wormhole and, and transfer USDC straight from Ethereum across to uh, to Luna 2.0, and then have no idea where the hell it is because it doesn't show up in any token trackers or anything. Mm. It just spontaneously is part of a contract with maybe one or two other people. I'm like, where the, where the bricks my money? And I just lose. So what you're saying is like my the money. ultimate DeFi. The ultimate DeFi invention is if I were to create a Dex, you send a token to me, and I give you nothing back, and I just keep your money. Well, that's almost what happened to me until that's I figured out I went, I went and it, wormhole in a nutshell yeah. was that <laughs> I, I went across because it's up to the DEXs to find those tokens or people to add liquidity to them and to put a nice ticker on it and whatever. But like my USDC ended up on as <laughs> through a wormhole on Luna 2.0 and I was freaking out for a little while because it wasn't a small amount. It was like $3,000 worth until I, I figured out that like, damn, there's not a darn thing I could do except let me see if I could figure out how to bridge this back. And I had to find the, the token contract na- like name the jumble of letters and numbers and plug it in and bridge it back to ethereum um anyway i'm sorry i haven't shared that exploit before i think we all agree though that the w luna community has been marginalized and neglected and that they do deserve a one-to-one redemption like do we all agree on that basic point My- no, no, I don't. I, I think that that's a terrible argument. I'll continue to fight 
my whole timeline is is with people fighting me about principles of of like names and lingu- linguistics, which weird metaphors to try to explain the situation mm-hmm. to the Rap Luna people. The only guy I agree with is a gentleman who argues that Rap Luna is superior because the Luna token is now on Ethereum, and Ethereum is awesome, and it's it's the hybrid love child it is the brilliance of doquan mixed with the impressive package of italic all together Wait, and that's why that. wrapped luna is superior. it's also and the absolute wrapped... right like it's it's the the love cloud and yeah. also the foundation the ground isn't subject to to all nodes risks right so now that the, so the, the w the luna two, can, fr- the can trade freely it's like grafting the two biggest cocks is going to get you like maybe a hyper cock. That's exactly what he's saying. That's exactly that. He's like, when everyone else is panicking, like I realize this is Luna on Ethereum and that's why it's superior. And now it can trade freely at its natural price. It's Which natural is Luna price. price times 10. No, 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 or whatever. No, not, not according to that guy. It, he thinks probably that it's, this is a superior token because it's Luna on ethereum the better technology and now it's free for market force forces to to, to yeah. put the price up way here's above a, the inf- inferior luna based it's luna. trading rule yeah like hundred dollars yeah. or something he said hundred dollars i think uh ethereum luna <laughs> how much how much uh luna airdropped airdrop did the wormhole people get that they did not then give to the w unit luna community like the theft must be magnificent there. I think there was, like, it must there was a hell of a yeah. lot that was never claimed. I, I, I... And Wormhole, it, who is that kind of group? Is that Jump Capital? I don't remember. Sure. They may, not have, they may not have been airdropped. They could have been excluded from the airdrop from all I know. I, somebody, one of the W Luna guys posted a screenshot from a validator chat or something, or the, the, the war room when this was happening that said like, well, uh, we we we're just not going to be able to figure out what to do about wormhole for this or something, <laughs> and, and so maybe it, maybe it wasn't. I don't know the answer to that. Either that or um, it was, I, and that's why like jump and kind of have just appeared from the internet. Like the little fuckers just you like know what crawled I, into a cave. You somewhere. know what I wish? Case, <laughs> yeah. What I wish was the case with with Luna Sefi is some kind of um, some kind of rule whereby so we did the airdrop right and it's and it's all locked up to start with or at least um minus the the 30 in in the case of the poorer people that was unlocked immediately what if if there was no wallet activity or no claim within say 60 days the the remaining remaining amount was pulled up and then split proportionally um amongst those people who were active who did claim that would be funny because it would also eliminate uh, anyone who has any legal concerns, so, so all of the funds and stuff would just be wiped out immediately. Um, but I, I wonder, like, how much of Luna is essentially dead now? How much is inactive? Um, it would have been interesting to reward some kind of loyalty early on in the crash, or at least in the first six months or something. People who truly get involved and do stuff uh, should probably have more airdrop. And the other side of it is like when I think about Lunk, like so we have the overt threat that most people aren't threatened by with all nodes having this control, uh, the extent of which we don't know. So that's the overt threat. But the hidden threat is we don't know who else has a lot of Lunk that, that could be a sleeping dragon, right? We don't know who's out there 
the 90% of Lunk on Exchange, we don't know who that belongs to. And some of them could be bad actors. They could have been involved in the DPEG. Maybe they're not interested in actually running governance on the chain, but that's the hidden problem that still is going to like confront Lunk from now and forever, honestly. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a three-part space hosted by the DAO formerly known as Lunk DAO, now known as Blossom DAO, part one of three, recorded on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. The title, Will Lunk Explode Immediately? For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with a dead man swagger Sitting in a little den vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Little den vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal at the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop ride off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-bubba-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-bubba-billion Terror spaces